welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about the L House. My name is Nobody, and joining me is the most wanted criminal in the Boiling Isles. It's Chloe. How are you today, Chloe? Doing pretty good, I'd say. Uh, I mean, I have already done the first few days of my new job where, not, like, nobody's been bothering me about, like, any gender stuff. My trainer has, like, been flawless with, like, names and pronouns and stuff, and, like, Sexy, like, been a little bit interested to hear me talk about, like, transitioning and stuff, so it's, like, it's pretty cool. And also, they have, like, two separate stall, all-gender bathrooms on nice. site, so fucking rad. But, uh, I mean, I still ended up using the, uh, I, I know it's accurate to call it the women's restroom, but I did use it once this afternoon, but it's, like, it, it feels weird because, again, it's, like, yeah, it shouldn't, it, I mean, obviously, they're not gonna go ahead and rename bathrooms to be masculine and feminine with stuff like that, but it's, like, yeah, I... I was like, you know what, fuck it, nobody's here anyway, I'm gonna use it, because I don't wanna... I mean, I was mostly using the all-gendered one, because it's like, I don't wanna get, like, weird looks or anything at times, but, mm -hmm. yeah, whatever. Nobody, again, there's like five people there on site besides myself and the person huh. training me, so nobody gives a fuck regardless. Well, you know, the, uh, the school I go to, it, it... Colleges are stupid, because they're broken down into a bunch of different separate schools under one banner, basically. Like, uh -huh. you'll have your school of business, your school of education, whatever. And yeah. at my my university, every sub school gets to choose how their bathrooms work individually. Oh, that's so there is one one building where the bathrooms are all gender neutral, and there are signs at the front that say uh, "This bathroom has only stalls" or "This bathroom has urinals," and that's it. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, people are. I don't know, like. I get it. It's expensive to redo plumbing, but at the same time, yeah. that's a weird thing that, to that post. Is, yeah, that, that is a weird thing to advertise on the front of the door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, the ones that, like, at my job, actually, one of them is under construction still, so it's, like, there's technically only one that's all gender, but it's, like, it's just a toilet in, like, a separate room, so it's, like, it's fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Be people are fucking weird and dumb about bathrooms and shit. It's, like, it's just... You, you just, you gotta do your business and people need to feel the need to, like, police other people about where they do it. <laughs> it's dumb. Too true. Yep. But yeah, no, the, the job itself, pretty easy so far. It's pretty straightforward. It's a lot of, like, just opening up mail, getting it scanned in, getting the uh, information put on to it of, like, it's in, like, what... It's basically, like, renaming the file to be, like, okay, it's got, like, this, 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 and this for this medical claim kind of stuff, and then, like, putting it in, like, the, uh the website shared drive essentially <laughs> so yeah it's pretty uneventful it's uh basically once i'm properly trained on it they're like yeah you could just like bring in headphones and just chill and just do your job and that's fine <laughs> it's oh, like, that's cool. rad. i don't have to deal with answering every fucking question from everybody coming to the mail room like at my previous job because all the time that i was there sure i should couldn't trust the idiot co-worker that the Discord has heard all about throughout that, like, <laughs> six months that I was there when he, they, they hired him. Right. Oh, boy. I I cannot imagine <laughs> that guy is still at that job. Especially with my supervisor. If they didn't replace me, it's like, oh, boy, she would definitely throttle his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I can't imagine what's going on there. Because, like, from what I know, they were supposed to reopen fully back in March, which, of course, like, was during, like, the peak of when COVID was also still going crazy out of control because it always keeps happening out every few months. So who knows if they backpedaled again or if they did and then were like, oh, we made a terrible fucking mistake. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, it's a job. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's nothing special, but it's also like, yeah, I've definitely had the worst because, I mean, compared to, like, the one I had for that week back in March or whatever, where it's like, oh, yeah, excited, I got a job again. And then it's like, oh, no, the very first day, this guy's already told me he's not going to try pronouns, and he's being the shit. Great. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very different, and I was, yeah. like, very appreciative of it, and... Like, told my supervisor, not, not, uh, not my supervisor, told the person training me, it's like, hey, I really do appreciate that you're not, like, making us think about this, and they're just telling me, like, yeah, use whatever bathroom you're comfortable with, and just do whatever. It's like, it's fine. It's like, uh, if only this was, like, dead everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad to yep. hear that. It sounds like a much safer environment for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. And even uh, today, while I was at my work as well, uh, I got a phone call from one of the uh, voice training clinics that I uh, reached out to. And they're going to see about trying to get me in for, like, unfortunately, since they actually don't have any uh, Saturday availability during the summer, the only time I could really get there would be 8 a.m. before I have to go into work, because I don't go into work until 9, for, like, for 9.30. Mm -hmm. So I'd basically be like, yeah, if I want to do proper voice training, wait, let's wake up at, like, 6 in the morning, I guess, and get my ass out there for 8. <laughs> but, hey, willing to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a bummer, but, uh... Yep, gotta, gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's it's still, like, the fact that my job doesn't start till 9.30 is, like, already, like, oh, right, I, I actually get to, like, sleep in a little bit past, like, 7, <laughs> which is, like, not something I'm used to with having a full-time job as an adult, because <laughs> most jobs would have you start at, like, 8, or in some cases, 7.30, so it's, like, yeah. I don't mind that. I don't mind waking up after the sun is up, comparatively. I guess... I don't know. I hate being awake in the morning. I mean, yeah, it's, it's still rough regardless, especially, like, in my case, where it's like, I have not needed, had a need to get up early in the morning for the last three and a half months, basically. But, yeah, eventually had to give, and I, because I also want money. <laughs> Yes, but the problem is I am a vampire. <laughs> I, I, well, I mean, I, I did just see the tweet saying that uh, LGBTQ does stand for let's... Uh, oh, shit, what was it? The fuck, where was it? Uh, shit, shit. Let's go bite throats. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all, all queer people are vampires, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy Pride Month as well, by the way. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's a thing we could chat about. We're recording this on the 1st of June, so... Uh... It is now Pride Month, in as much as there is anything to be celebratory about, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, I'm glad that we still have this, I'm glad that we still have each other, and also, I really am getting frustrated that we don't have a Throw Rocks Month, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, as, uh... Uh, shit, what's her name? Uh, fuck, the... The artist who's uh, the wife of the person that did the Celeste soundtrack shit. Uh, God. Why am I drawing a blank on her name? Fuck. Uh, I mean, she, she's basically like, oh yeah, like remember, June is Wrath Month and June is like Knife Month. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, it, it's, uh, it's Aura Hack. Right, Aura Hack, yeah. She's like, yes, remember, everybody, June is Knife Month. <laughs> <laughs> Or, I mean, tons of also people to say in general, like, yes, no, it should be Wrath Month, because fuck everything. <laughs> right, yeah, well, I mean, not for nothing, but, uh, 
It does feel a little disingenuous, to me at least, that our whole thing is street fairs now, as opposed to, you know, riots. Yeah, there, there was that a bit. <laughs> I, uh... I, I mean... When, when when there were riots, stuff was getting done. <laughs> Just saying. I'm in this class this semester. Truly, the first time I've really enjoyed a class in school. Mm -hmm. And it is uh, anti-racism in library science, which is not a class I ever expected to be able to take at the university level, but it's great. Yeah, that's, that's also quite a... Uh like front-loaded name for a class <laughs> in college isn't it though but yeah last week we watched a film in class just an entire documentary because class is three hours and we can spend stand to spend an hour watching a movie about the uh 2019 toronto pride parade and they yep. uh they had brought uh, a group of black queer people in to lead the parade because you know summer of wrath they wanted to look good and uh instead of leading the parade they said yes and got everything set up and then just shut it down and refused to let the thing go while they were demanding all police be removed and i just why not more of that Please. yeah like, i mean it's like uh oh god i remember there was like a tweet from like i think it's the uh somewhere in california where there the police were like oh we're, we're refusing to participate in like pride parades and it's like motherfuckers you're not welcome at pride parades and it's like you can't like claim that you're like taking a stance against it because you feel like you're getting like attacked for it when it's like nobody wants you there to begin with um <laughs> no cops of pride ever I'm sorry, I think I just said 2019. The actual year was 2016. I do not know how I got those mixed up. That is my bad. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, uh, 6 and the 9 are just upside down. So. <laughs> so, yes, I just want to make sure the record's straight in case anybody yeah. is researching it. And actually, I, I, mean, I don't want to set yeah. the record straight because, frankly, why would you? Yeah. Let's set it queer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and also, I mean, to be fair... It's been a fucking few years, so it's like, if you forget, like, a date a little bit by a few years, I don't think it's the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, even just, like, earlier at work today, like, uh, my uh, trainer was also saying, like, oh, yeah, when COVID started in 2019, and I'm like, no, COVID didn't start in 2019, right? <laughs> it was 2020, and he's like, oh, yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I misspoke, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, because, jeez. Uh, I don't even fucking remember 2019 much. I remember that's when Fire Emblem Three Houses released, and that's fucking it. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Was that also when Sword and Shield released? That was, right? Yeah, because... Yeah... Which, what was the Pokemon game of 2020, then? Uh... That... Oh, no, they did, the they did the DLC that year, right? Yeah, Raven and Music game. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be honest. I'm so disconnected from the principle of time that it just doesn't oh, yeah, mean no. anything to me. I mean, yeah. To be fair, T time just continues to march, even when we say it shouldn't. I don't know. I just time is a weird thing to me, and I often mm -hmm. perceive that I am not a part of the forward momentum of linear time. I exist now, not. 10 minutes ago if that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah i mean it is 
That is, I feel like that is like what a lot of uh, queer people in particular also will agree with. It's just like, oh yeah, like that that person from the before time. Who the fuck even was that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I still especially like the tweet of like. Be, being like, oh, it's tired to say, like, oh, I came out, and you, you should say, like, I killed the previous occupant and molded this flesh to my liking instead, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of Pokemon, uh, yeah, those uh, those fucking games, huh? <laughs> they definitely did just go ahead and show us a really buff... Uh, Professor on the first day of Pride Month, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I I mean, there's there's no way she's actually gonna be like any bit queer in the game, but that doesn't stop people from interpreting things. Well, not just that. Like, you look at the art; she's not even really buff. People just assume that. They look at the outfit yeah. and go, "Oh, this is a strong person. Let's draw muscles on her immediately." Yeah, I, I guess it's really just because yeah, she does have that bit where it's like. She has the uh, the abs exposed, but there's really like when you look at the art, there's actually no abs. She has no abs, exactly. <laughs> and it's, I don't know. Well, thanks to the power of the internet, she does now. <laughs> I'm not opposed to like people being obsessing over the the new fictional girl of the week or whatever. You know, that's just a thing that's mm -hmm. gonna happen. But it does drive me nuts when, within 12 hours of her existing, the entire image of her has changed, if that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like, I mean, to be fair, we know literally, like, nothing about her or the other professor or the rival besides their designs and their names, really. Exactly. Like, That's exactly people the will point. Definitely we know nothing stuff. but the way she looks, and now we have changed the way she looks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah kind of. I mean, also, to be fair, we don't even know, like, the fucking Pokemon country that this game takes place in. Like, we know it's based on Spain, but we don't know, like, the name of it in the fiction of the Pokemon series. It's just Spain. <laughs> like, they just, they just, like, it's, it's fucking Generation 9. It's just, it's just fucking Spain. We're not gonna bother to, like, we're not gonna fucking name it, like, Espania or whatever, where it's just close enough to Spain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just... Once you throw Smoliv out there, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, best so... case scenario, it might be pain instead of Spain, but I don't think. <laughs> I mean, that's that's uh, that's all of us Shadowlands fans after watching this episode, just pain. <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, like, they didn't, like, say the Pokemon name, so, like, maybe, like, uh, that Pokemon might actually be pronounced, like, more like Smolivy, because, I mean, it's, like, Smoliv is how it's spelled so like it it might be because like it's supposed to be a joke about ivy i guess uh, I, i'm sorry i'm just trying to come up with any way that i can see that working on a linguistic level <laughs> yeah i mean to be fair i mean that's basically like you're seeing that and then you're like reading like the first part of it as a word and then the two the other part as just two letters when it's not like stylized like that yeah, exactly. Like, if there were spaces, absolutely, but that's that's definitely one word. Yeah. It's not like type null, where it's like, yeah, it's like you say that as type null, because... I mean, a lot of people just call it null anyway, because, I mean, even in the game, Gladian calls it null at times, so... Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, uh, I don't know. I I'm still, like, kind of split about that, just because, like... The, le the last few Pokemon games have just kind of been 
kind of like, eh, whatever. Like, I mean, I didn't even, like, ever finish Legends Arceus. I only got... I got to the point where you got Sneasler to, like, get around the mountain area, but, like, I never really progressed past there. That's fair. I didn't get that far, so... Yeah. Because I was so obsessed with getting everything that I just kind of burnt out on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's also that. That happens a lot with me with, like, open world games. I mean, I, I still have, like, a third of one area of Elden Ring and, like, the entire snowy area, and I'm pretty sure I said this again, like, maybe two weeks ago on the podcast, yeah, but I think I'm still so, gonna, yes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep bringing it up until I actually even, like, I need to fucking finish Elden Ring, because, <laughs> I mean, I, if I don't, my one friend is not gonna let me live it down, because they keep bringing up, like, Chloe, you still didn't beat Dark Souls 3, and it's like, I know, because I got too fucking held up trying to farm those fucking ears or whatever from the two silver knights in Orlando trying to get the fucking dark moon blade spell <laughs> because I'm an idiot <laughs> and I'm like oh I play like the kind of like caster where I use like a melee weapon and like a few bits of magic to help me out the, as buffs and everything so I want the one that enchants my weapon with magic damage that scales based on faith and then I'm like, oh, I'll get back to this, like, in the weekend. And then I just don't pick up Dark Souls 3. And then it's half a year later. I'm like, I should just restart. <laughs> and then I get back to that same part where I'm like, all right, this time for real. And then I do the same fucking thing where I yeah. stop playing it because it takes too fucking long. <laughs> and because, like, I'm not the kind of person that's like, you can get those items by doing uh, invasions with that... Uh, Oh god, Covenant? I'm trying to remember what the gr different groups in Dark Souls are now called. <laughs> They're not a thing in Elden Ring. But yeah, like, you can do that and uh, like, invade other players and kill them, but I'm like, I d can't even ward off people that invade my own world. I definitely can't go after other people and try to kill them when I have less healing items because I just am bad at it. I'm, I don't play those games in the PvP. <laughs> so, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Point being, like... I'm gonna finish Arceus eventually. I'm the kind of person who can put a game down and come back to it later and just finish without having to restart it, so that's nice, but it was a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's it's definitely, like, the, probably the most interesting Pokemon that's been in a while just because they actually tried something new. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. But that it's said, like... though, and this may not be a popular opinion, but i got to be honest with you, Right here, right now, I'm less interested in the Pokemon game than I normally would be because they made it multiplayer, and I do not want that. Yeah, I kind of I don't want that either, just because, like, I'm mostly thinking of, like, the wild area where whenever you're connected to the internet to, like, actually, like, air quotes, see other people in there, the frame rate just was absolute dog shit, and I know it's going to be like that again because... I, I like the Switch, but the Switch can't really do, like, games like that where you try to actually have multiple people going around, unless it's, like, really... Unless it's, like, designed for it in small chunks. I mean, like, Splatoon can run at 60 FPS, but Splatoon is also only a 4 vs 4 game or 4 vs AI game, so it's, well, like... Well, sure, but, I mean, we're talking 4-player multiplayer here. My point yeah. is that I do not enjoy playing games with other people. I do not want to play multiplayer. Mm -hmm. And Pokemon is the one series that has consistently been a sweet single-player adventure. That, yeah, you right. could link to multiplayer if you wanted to, but that wasn't the point. And now they've made the main story multiplayer, which... Yeah. I assume it's not mandatory, but just the fact that it's there is oh, leaving a bad taste yeah, in no, it. it... It definitely doesn't read as mandatory, because, like, the way that they showed it in the trailer, it was just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, an option where you can go around with friends exploring if you want, but, like, 
Also, in that trailer, it's like they kind of just showed like the four players just kind of ran off and did their own fucking thing anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What happens yeah, no, if you bring I, all four people to one gym? Do you just curb stomp it, or? I I'd imagine that like you don't actually. Oh, maybe. Hmm, I don't know. Maybe you can actually, like, team up with one of your friends to like fight trainers in like two versus one. Kind kind of like what you would do with the uh, the two player mode in Let's Go. <laughs> Where yeah, you can do that and like help with capturing, and then also just do every battle two versus one, and just fuck over everybody. Well, Not I mean, that game needed it because it was already campaign easy. is meant to be four player multiplayer. So, hmm. the only way I can see that working is if it's like instanced, or if you go in to fight a gym leader, and then there's all four of you there, and then just three more gym leaders show up. <laughs> Yeah, or if it's like, you know, you go there and it's just like, alright, time for each of us to talk to them either in sequence or, you know, you talk to the gym leader and then it takes you to your own instance where it's just you. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely, like, I mean, I was about to say, there's definitely no way they do, like, four versus one, but then again, they did max raids in the previous one, so, I don't know, who knows? Maybe they could just be like, yeah, no, fuck it, just fucking fuck over gym leaders with four friends if you want, <laughs> who cares? It's Pokemon, doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. It doesn't matter. Not in the face of what we have to talk about today. Are we ready to move? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, we still, like, know fucking nothing about Scarlet and Violet besides, like, uh, how many? Eight Pokemon? <laughs> and, like, th three NPCs? <laughs> so, yeah. That's oh, boy, fine. yeah. yeah so, uh, there's, there's a fucking lot, huh? <laughs> I kind of don't want to move on because of what that means, but I think it's time. <laughs> yeah, because it means you have to try and some, like sum up this fucking episode. <laughs> well, not that. It's just this is the last episode of season two of the Owl House. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah. But so. but also think of it along the lines of like, well, this also means that we're uh, one episode closer to us doing a different show, which we'll get to I think at the end. Yeah, that's fair. Not, not like we haven't already teased and outright said it on the Discord of everybody that listens to this anyway already. <laughs> it's, how do I say this? It's like, it's over, right? We've seen the episode. I spent the hour and a half yeah. taking notes on the episode. But when we do this episode on it, that makes it more over. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it, it makes it more final because like we at least had this uh, coming up comparatively. Like, It's like, yeah, we finished watching the show at the moment, but it's like, oh, but we still had the, the episode where we actually have to talk about it, and, and now we're already there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the episode only aired four days ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's do it. Yep. We have today, Season 2, Episode 23, King's Tide. We open with King floating in the in-between, where we can hear the Collector arguing with Bellows about his imprisonment, because Bellows wants to wait until after the draining spell, but the Collector is getting pretty impatient with that. So, so weird little thing to point out, he's actually overhearing their conversation from earlier? Which is like... The timing is strange because it's like this is what Bellows and the Collector were talking like it's the words that they were saying at the start of the previous episode, mm -hmm. but for, somehow King is like hearing what they already spoke about, even though, like this part in this episode at the very beginning is not happening at the same exact time as that. Well, see, it's important that King hears his conversation because he needs to know that Bellows Pinky promised the Collector. Oh, I mean, yeah, like obviously he needs that context to be able to like try to get the Collector on his side of it. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, yeah, it's very clear when we watch it from this side that the round boy is somehow allowing them to communicate. And that makes a lot of sense, but it also makes me wonder how it got buried in a hole in a secret room in the Titan's skull. Like, the Titan didn't do that itself. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I mean, because we actually do have a conversation there, or at least that it is actually King's dad that is the corpse, so it's like, he must have had, like, some attendant or assistant with him or something like that to be like, all right, now fucking hide this in my head. I know it's going to be a weird guy when I'm dead, <laughs> but just trust me on this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so King wakes up in the airship, sitting in Willow's lap, which is probably fine. Like, he's a dog or whatever, but he's also an eight-year-old kid, and I feel like it would be uncomfortable for him to be sitting on your mm -hmm. lap for a while. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> there's a lot of tension on this ship, because, you know, the teen squad are anxious about Luce being missing, and they're really not clicking very well with Alador. He's on the team now, but they just haven't figured out how to get along yet, and... You know, mostly it's him and Hunter arguing about who should fly the ship. Uh, yeah. I do have a quick note here. So Alador is mm -hmm. voiced by a man named Jim Peary. But in this scene, specifically, like during this fight, he just does an absolute dead-on Jim Murtaugh impression here to the point that I thought it was the same guy. Uh, like, I don't know why this is happening in this scene. Alador doesn't usually talk like this, but it was yeah, so it freaky. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I guess I can kind of see it as, like, he is obviously frazzled because he also is, like, very much seeing, like, the possibility that he's going to have to potentially fight the Emperor while also just having that big fall of his wife, so he is a bit on edge. Yeah. But also, I guess that's why he fucking forgot his other two children, because why the fuck did they not take out of them with them? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, Jim Murtaugh, uh... of course, uh, the voice of Dagon in Neverwinter Nights 2. So, <laughs> oh yeah, uh, totally a, a thing I know because I definitely played Neverwinter Nights. Definitely did not. <laughs> but yeah, seriously, why did they not bring Eden with them? <laughs> Where the fuck are they? <laughs> are they just being watched by like two abomatons in their room at the manor <laughs> during this whole time? Yes, they're grounded. Um... <laughs> but Alador, my guy, you have the fucking remote to turn them <laughs> off. You can get them out. <laughs> Uh, I mean, obviously, they were like, oh, and then them are unfortunately not important enough to keep around for the stuff that happens at the end of this episode. But it's like, come on, why could they not be here at least a bit about <laughs> Alador and send them off on their way afterwards? Yeah. But, um, uh, I don't know. Yeah, so watching over all this, Willow and King have, uh, well, that's not a fair way to describe it, really. King just monologues a little bit and Willow listens. Uh, he's pretty upset that Luce is going to fight Belos alone again, and that he can't do anything to help again. At which point, Willow just kind of nods at Clover, who then prompts the Palismans to break out a crate of food, which as far as I can tell, is loose bread, cheese, and eyeballs. Um, mm -hmm. There's also, like, there's a bit of meat in there, I think, because there is a bone at one point in the box, I think on, like, the right side, so <laughs> presumably it's, like, the like bone on the meat kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know who packed this set of rations but it is not like this it's food is gonna go bad it's, in 15 yeah minutes. it's definitely not it's definitely not refrigerated <laughs> but like at the same time maybe the box is because magic well it's but not like, about refrigeration but like food contamination when it's all mixed in jumbled together like that stuff is gonna I mean, go yeah. bad faster I mean, yeah, and, like, also, you don't know if any of these characters don't have some weird like hiccups about like food textures touching each other yeah yeah but, um, very dis very disrespectful illusion coven packing this food like this. 
Yeah, so uh, everybody has a little snack, and Amity says that they should focus on helping Luz instead of fighting each other. And there's a little scene that we get. Apparently it is pretty cold up in the airship, but only... You know what? I disagree. It's not cold in the airship. I think Amity just has <laughs> poor circulation, because her hands are the only thing on this entire airship that's cold. <laughs> I mean, Amity might just be like me, where I could just be cold even when it's like 80 degrees almost. <laughs> I can't go. I can't go to bed without like at least a blanket, even if it's fucking hot as hell out. I mean, so. okay, yes, but she's wearing short sleeves, and putting mittens on obviates the cold thing. So, yeah, also that. So I think she just has poor blood flow in her extremities. It's a thing. Um, yeah. Anyway, yes. So Elador goops her hands with abomination goo, and apparently this is the origin of the nickname mittens, which. I'm not a fan of, because these aren't mittens. These are hand prisons for children. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, aren't those just what mittens actually are, though? I mean, I mean to, to be, I mean, speaking of this here, only children really wear mittens. Once you get to be, like, 10 or so, that's when you actually have, like, proper gloves for winter. Before that, you're wearing mittens, because your parents want you to make sure you can't get into fuck any fucking mischief, I guess. Now, hold the phone, though. Because mittens are, like, scientifically better than gloves in terms of keeping your hands warm. Oh, yeah, I mean, because, yeah, like, four of your fingers are kept right together compared to being separate. Exactly, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get across, it's not a kid thing, it's just that for whatever reason, Western adults have decided that we need gloves because it's so important that we have our fingers out at all times. Yeah, I, I mean, that. I guess that's just part of the usual, like, problem of, like, oh, adults have to be productive all the time, and if you're ever, like, relaxing, what are you doing? Yeah. It's a work fucker. <laughs> but yes, this seems like it would be disgusting, but Amity's pretty chill with it, so... <laughs> There we go. I, I mean, it, it is the boiling off. Everything is always, like, gross. And, like, I mean, as we've established, everything is always ends up being goop there anyway. <laughs> so, like, she's obviously been around in her entire life. So she's like, oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry for the big noise. Ziggy just fell into a box. Um, oh, I didn't, even, I didn't even hear her. Oh, good. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Willow kind of takes credit for resolving all the fighting, uh, despite essentially having done nothing, and tells King that there's always something that can be done to help if you look for the opportunity. And I just, like, okay, I will give you credit. You told your palisman to feed people, but literally all the other resolution here was Amity telling them to get along. You stop taking credit. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh... I mean, to be fair, I mean, I do still kind of like the conversation between the two of them because it's like it's one of the few times you ever actually really see King and Willow even interact. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I think I, I think King like... is like I honestly King has like said Willow's name like once in the rest of the entire show, like back in really small problems, and only because <laughs> like he was like screwing her and Gus over because he wanted to keep loose himself. Right. So the way you do yeah, no, I, when you're a kid yeah. who has magic powers. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I feel like it's, like, yeah, this is, like, one of the few times they've ever, like, these two characters have actually ever, like, talked to each other at all. So it's like, oh, yeah, I do like it at least. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, um, so we do get a two-second title card, which kind of surprised me, because there have been eps in the past that just skipped the title entirely, and I kind of assumed this would be one of them, but here we go. Um... We cut to the head of the Titan, where all of the inhabitants of the Isles are filtering into a special arena where they sit in areas that are color-coded to sections based on people's covens. Um, 
Bellus shows up with his big hologram again, telling them that they'll soon be free of the insidious pox of wild magic and that paradise awaits. At which point the Covenheads start moving up to the platform, but uh, Rain holds back. There are a couple EC guards down here who are actually the cats in disguise, and after a moment... Except, hmm? but, except, where the fuck is Amber? <laughs> yeah, just gone. No Amber. It, everything goes tits up here because Amber's not here. If Amber was here, this would have gone way different. No, this was the just plan. Just saying. <laughs> she's doing something else. She's, uh, she's the super secret. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Ida and Lilith appear. They were, they were invisible, and Ida's pretty flippant about all this, but Rain is concerned, telling her to be careful and not to talk because they'll recognize her voice and so on. And I was pretty suspicious of Rain last episode, but this is... Yeah, they're doing all right here. Yeah, I, I feel like this was, like, enough confirmation to be like, okay, Rain is actually not, like, a double agent again here. Yeah, like, I guess they were just yeah, no, in a weird mood all... last episode. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, because, like, they are. They do very much still care about Ida and want to make sure nothing bad happens to her and wants to make sure the plan goes through. But it's like I, I get that Rain can be a worry wart. Like I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, she she tells Rain not to worry, but they get very insistent, demanding that she not say that. And Lilith offers help if Ida needs it, but uh, Ida promises to be back and kisses Hootie on his head. So she is just really tempting the death gods here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, she already, like, accidentally, like, tempts her, like, arm thing because she does take off that same arm to, like, flex it a bit, basically. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's like, I did also, especially, like, the little kiss she did on Hootie's head. Especially yeah. with, like, especially with, like, how he just, like, looks so, like, oh, or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, unfortunately, Hootie, you don't really get to do anything else this episode. You get to be here just because, and that's it, really. <laughs> Hootie really said pleading face emoji. Um, <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Uh, yes, so uh, 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 Ida puts on the illusion disguise, and Ida Rain heads upstairs with Darius and Eberwolf. After she has a momentary flashback to all of her friends, and weirdly someone that I think is Perry Porter as kids, just it, to hurt us a little. I, I, I have seen, yeah, it is confirmed that it's Perry. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. But what like we he's never, doing there. we never, yeah, we never got any hint that she was friends with Perry from them the Briggs kids. Yeah, <laughs> and, and also for some reason here, accidentally Darius's eyes are color drawn because his eyes are colored purple instead of green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's bizarre. that's animation error. Like it's weirder that Perry is there, considering that like why would she like at all really think of Perry Porter, <laughs> character she has not interacted at all with in the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's super strange. Um. But yeah, they get up to the platform where Bellows tells them that he changed the arrangement of where everyone's standing at the last moment. So instead of being flanked by Darius and Eberwolf, Ida is surrounded by Terra and Adrian Gray. Um, Bellows draws a sigil. It's definitely not um, glyph magic, but it is some kind of weird symbol. And Yeah, it is something pretty similar, but yeah, there's no like actual glyph drawn in it at all. Yeah. And uh, a lunar eclipse begins as he bids farewell to the Boiling Isles and disappears inside the structure as beams of golden light shoot into the sky. With, with somehow six people standing there that have no idea about him being an asshole somehow do not hear him just say to himself straight up goodbye Boiling Isles and smirk. <laughs> or wonder why the Emperor would just fucking bounce from his whole moment of triumph over wild magic supposedly <laughs> during this. You would think he would hang out and people would be like, why did the Emperor just leave? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
But who knows? Who does? You know, hey, the, Terra is not the kind of person that thinks she just follows. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. There's another thing that we'll talk about regarding the Covenant's behavior in a little while. So, I I also. Is it just me, or do is that I'm like the only person here who actually would have liked to actually see like something of like these other four that we don't know anything about? Because like we really don't know anything about the construction, healing, oracle, nor potions people. Mm -hmm. Like I I get that we've like seen the construction guy a little bit because he was at convention and all, but like we we really don't know anything about these people besides the fact apparently that the healing guy is straight up the like I'm usually a doctor but Cox gun meme. <laughs> Because he just has a fucking... I, I get that it's supposed to be, like, a scalpel, but he does straight up have a knife that he throws later. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, absolutely, I, I, but... I mean, we both yeah, know I, why we don't know them, right? I, I mean, yeah. It's obviously because, yeah, it's something I had to give with the show having less runtime, so they were like, yeah. The fact that we know, like, at least five of the, of the nine coming heads at least somewhat well... I, I guess not actually really Everwolf really that much. <laughs> we know Everwolf. I feel like we know Everwolf a little bit better than Adrian Gray, even though Adrian Gray was in an episode where he spoke and Everwolf has never said a word. <laughs> but yeah, and, yeah. You know, obviously things have to get. Yeah, obviously things have to give. So it's unfortunate that we didn't get to actually see anything with these other people. Yeah, there is something I want to talk about briefly. R. E. Adrian Gray, which is to say that he does walk up looking exactly like he did in the last episode and say that he's not taking notes about his appearance and doesn't want to talk about it, which is big question times to me. What's up with that, huh? Wait, was he in the last episode? Did he not in the last episode, Runners? but in Labyrinth Runners, yes. Yeah, the last time he appeared, yeah. He's apparently, like, spent, like, the last, like, week doing, like, nothing to keep up his appearance or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, but, I mean, he looks literally exactly the same as he did the instant the illusion broke and it was revealed that the cool guy in the leather jacket wasn't him like he's been in that same suit of pajamas this whole time and so i don't know why he feels the need to defend his appearance because he thought it was good enough to wear to school you know <laughs> yeah i don't know so. I, I guess i also kind of read that as just he's like just still having a bit of a rough one after like gus just screwed his whole day over <laughs> I, that's fair yeah but, um, yes, okay. So, uh, down inside the structure, the Collector is thrilled because they can be freed now because the draining spell's happening, but Bellows refuses to do that. He says he's just realized he only has enough Titan blood to open the portal, so he can't free the Collector after all, because he has, of course, been lying the entire time, and they are very yep. upset about that, given the pinky swear. <laughs> Also, is it just me, or did you also think that uh, Bellos has an Among Us crewmate on his uh, colonist outfit? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that, that, that was. It looked very that, strange. Yeah, that, that, that little weird-looking A. Like, I saw people be like, I thought that at the moment, and then I just saw everybody on Twitter being like, why why does Bellos have Amoongas on his shirt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, really looks, it literally looks like the crewmate a bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so he changes into his... Uh pilgrim clothes basically and uh covers the round boy with a cloth which shuts it off so i guess king is not the only one in the boiling isles who operates on parrot rules <laughs> but um kiki mora shows up and bursts into the door with golden guard in tow begging to be restored to her previous position as a bonus for catching him but he just disses her big time and throws her out telling her to go die 
Yeah. Like, r- real fucking uh, gr- grim there, where he's like, oh, you want to help? Go find a hole to wither away in. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, Kikimaru, do you finally realize that nobody gives a shit about you in this entire fucking show? <laughs> the only person that's given any bit of a shit about Kikimaru was Luce, and that was just because she was projecting a lot of her problems onto her. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, he grabs the round boy, and he does open the cloth a little bit, at which point the collector is back and upset, shouting that they gave Bellus the draining spell, and they gave him magic stronger than anybody's. But he says that's why they can't let him out, and throws the round boy down to the base of the skull. Not the most effective disposal method, IMO. I might have tried putting it in the ocean, but whatever. Um... Well, he also expects, like, everybody to be wiped out in, like, a half hour or so, roughly, so he doesn't give a shit, really. There, there is also that of, like, why is he like, oh, well, I can't let anybody else have your power, when it's like, he also expects, like, everybody except, like, a few children who managed to not get branded to die today, anyway. I mean, those children are exactly why. If the Collector suppose, could yeah. make him into Emperor Bellows, then, like, anyone with a common language is a threat, you know? Yeah, I guess. But also, I mean, he's probably also backing on those kids just being, like, rudderless and eventually, like, dying not being able to, like fend for themselves in this hell world anyway because like presumably like like demons will maybe exist in some regard like just not ones that have magic but like just regular ass demons like sliver beast stuff yeah i don't know like honestly i get the feeling that this is just an example i don't think bellows knows the titan trappers exist just yeah i yeah i don't think he does either i mean considering that he doesn't even know that king is actually a titan like it's like yeah, he probably doesn't actually know that those people even exist, considering that, like, considering that they are just like, oh yeah, Bill is just a fucking idiot, who cares about that idiot yeah. <laughs> at all? So my point here being, like, he certainly doesn't know about them, but if he's aware that there are other locations, other islands, then he's probably at least suspects that there are other people out there that he doesn't know. So yeah, it's important to... I just, this is a bad way of getting rid of the thing. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, if he's not, a, like, if he is even any bit aware that there are other people out there, then it's like, your whole genocide plan isn't actually working out, my guy, because you haven't gotten everybody branded to be genocided. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Again, Bellows, not a smart person. <laughs> just a fucking, like, charismatic liar. <laughs> Doesn't actually think things through, really. Yeah. But yes, so uh, he heads back into the Sanctum, which I'm not certain, but I think it might be, like, the the, the fossilized what's left of the Titan's brain, just because of the way it looks. It's weird. Yeah. And uh, he opens up the Force Bubble that Kikimura had the Golden Guardian to reveal that it was loose, and he knew that all along. Uh, why, why did Kikimura not look inside at all? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, we were... in this episode, the bubble was opaque. You saw. Yeah, like, yeah, we, we saw Luz through the bubble last episode, but yeah, we couldn't see her. Like, we saw, like, an outline of a person there, but we couldn't see it was her in this one until Bellows popped it. <laughs> but it's like, why did Kikimura... I guess Kikimura didn't want to take any chances if she thought it was Hunter, because, again, like, she thought that Hunter would just get lost again, or manage to meet her once more. Yeah, I mean, she knows he can teleport, so if you open the bubble even a little bit... Yeah, but, I mean, what, I mean, I guess she doesn't actually know that about Flapjack, so she, like, she would presumably be like, oh, well, how would he be able to teleport away, but, yeah. She didn't capture t- Flapjack with him, so, or, well, yeah. with her, I guess, so, yeah, who knows. 
Kikimura's is dumb as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, Luis has her backpack back, despite not having it last episode. Yeah, yeah, also that, yes. Immediately, <laughs> when I was watching the episode, immediately caught that, I was like, okay, well, this is how they're going to go ahead and get around this, I guess, if they're going to have it hatch, which, I mean, they don't, but still. <laughs> they had to have her have it just for the stuff that happens later on, I guess. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so there's a brief fight scene, and Bella seems pretty disappointed about this, but then there's credits. Not credits, it's a commercial break. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, up on the airship, we see that Hunter and Alador's coven sigils have begun glowing, but their ship is then attacked by EC guards because apparently it was reported stolen. I had no idea how that works. All of the ships look the same except for the brand on the blimp. So maybe some kind of magical version of a license plate, but... Well, well I mean, Ebony does growl about her mom, so it's like... She knew that the airship was there because it's Kikimura's airship, so presumably when she, like, when Kikimura left and she walked away from, like, Alador and the others, she knew that they were going to take that airship, so she immediately just reported it, being like, yep, that's taken. Yes, but my point here is they have a fleet of airships, and the only difference between them is which of the nine coven sigils is on the blimp. Yeah. This could I mean, be any probably... ship. Probably, probably wouldn't be a whole lot of effort to like figure out which one it is because presumably all the other blimps are already at the day you're in the event. Okay, you say that, but these guys are still out flying around blimps. Oh yeah, because because Bellos is also having all his fascist police officers just protect the perimeter a lot. So like, they they just have generic ones. They don't have like branded ones. So obviously they're like just checking out for anybody trying to pull some shit. But, um. Yeah, so... <sighs> they uh, take out the first attacker without too much trouble, uh, using Elidor's remote to turn off the Abomatons, but uh, two more ships appear and shoot them down, which I do want to note, the attacks that these Abomatons have kind of look like Amity's purple fire thing. It is 100% not goo. They're just shooting energy yeah, blasts. Yeah, they're, they're shooting laser beams, not goo like they usually would. Yeah. At the uh, platform, Ida's curse starts to corrupt the draining spell. You know, that's great. Except that Terra apparently knew this was going to happen and grabs her. At which point, Everwolf proves that they are the champion of this series. Uh, they leap to Ida's defense and just absolutely murder the head of the construction coven by well, unleashing well, their flesh-eating beetles. I don't think- try to start to murder. I don't think they succeed because, I mean, like, after they replace Ida with Rain, like, the the spell keeps going. So it's like, I feel like if, like, if Everwolf did take out the construction guy, that it would have stopped and he would have had to get his replacement. No, I mean, we see him get up. He's fine. But, like... He definitely, like, uh, sorry, uh, Everwolf definitely was aiming to kill that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, like, the only reason this guy is fine, the only reason is pure plot contrivance. Because yeah. based on what we understand about these flesh-eating beetles, they should have skeletonized him. Yeah. Also, how come they, they, they had the plan of using the beetles to cause the distraction to get either to the plinth in the last episode, as they described, but they didn't actually do that this episode. <laughs> Well, sure, because they didn't want to kill anybody. People were upset about that. But at yeah, one point, like, I don't know. To me, once Terra knows that that's Ida, once she knows that something's wrong with the spell, 
I am personally 100% in Everwolf's camp. You have to kill this guy. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, like, immediately. I mean, it's like, yes, at that point, the plan is compromised. One of these motherfuckers that are on your side has to die. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, so, yeah, I don't know. To me, this should be a kill right here. It's horrifying, yeah. and we see him collapse to the ground as he is being yeah, devoured. We, 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 yeah, we do see him, like, fall to his knees and drop his hammer. <laughs> like, very much implied that, like, oh, yeah, if this guy, like, stayed like this for, like, a few more seconds, he would definitely be a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, I can only assume that some gnarly healing magic happened off screen because, like... Yeah, the, the healing magic known as DCCEOs being, like, you cannot skeletize a man on the, the show itself. Totally fine with having a teenager run through with a sword in, the, in its sister show, but in this one, uh, you unfortunately can't do anything like that, even when it's a fascist. Well, I mean, Ida got skeletonized that one time. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but that was a joke. That was that was her pulling a prank. <laughs> but yes, so... um. I mean, and also, obviously, it wasn't real. Like, even if... We didn't need Ida, like, on Ida to explain that it was a prank, because obviously Ida is still alive in the present day. <laughs> But, like seeing her get skeletonized in a flashback is like obviously not actually something that's stuck. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes, uh, Eberwolf, champion of the oppressed. Uh, nobody else fights anywhere near hard enough, considering that they've been caught. <laughs> um. So yeah, a bunch of abomitons bring up Lilith and Hootie and Cats, and they've all been caught. And uh, Rain is forced into the spot on the platform, and the spell resumes as Terra cackles about welcoming paradise. What? Why did Rain and Lilith not at least try to, like, back off a little bit? Like, obviously, I, knew, I know that they wanted to be nearby in case he needed help, but it's like, you could have at least, like, not just been, like, five feet away yeah. where anybody could see you. <laughs> like, you know, like... Worst case scenario, it's like, you know that Darius and Emerald are there to help Ida if shit goes south. Try to fucking use, like, the visibility glyph and sneak out it and at least, like, try to hide in the crowd or something. So it's like, if they do realize that it's Ida, the spell can't continue anyway because Rain wouldn't be there. Like, I mean, they might be able to get the replacement, but it's like, that happens. Darius and Emerald are there as well, just fucking gank that person, too. And okay, like, yeah, but the now, thing you is... Don't, you don't have a replacement for the replacement. <laughs> Yeah, see, I don't think that there are replacements at this point. It was established yeah, that they have them, but we don't see, yeah, we them, don't anywhere. see them And also, yeah. Bellos has already left, so... Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like, presumably, like, the Abomitons that are there who are actually, like, being used to make sure this shit goes properly would have the instructions of, like, oh, if X do Y, where it's like, oh, if person dies, go get the replacement, pretty much. Yeah. But still, they, so, like, if they if they had the replacements around, presumably they would be nearby, like say where Rain and Lilith are, comparatively, because they wouldn't be at the Emperor's castle or anything, mm -hmm. because it would be too long to get them before the uh, fucking what do you want, the eclipse would be done. Yeah, like I get why this didn't happen because it is a kids' show, but just from a purely trying to end this and save as many lives as possible standpoint. Once yeah. your sneaky super plan has been foiled, the immediate you gotta, move... You gotta you, murder some people, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you gotta figure out which one of these coven heads is the the most physically weak and just push him off. That's all it takes. Which, I mean, admittedly, probably the healing guy. I get that he has knives, but his magic is about 
healing, which I get, like, if you start attacking him, he might just try to heal himself and body it and go through it, but it's like, he's the only one that doesn't have, like, offensive magic, like, necessarily. Oh, no, he we're not talking about healing people. We are talking straight up, you have to end this situation right now. I am going to tackle this guy, and we are both going over the edge. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The worst case scenario, take yourself out with them, basically. Exactly, yes. You have, I, I don't know. It's a kids' show. I'm getting too into it, but yeah, like you're not gonna, you're, yeah. Unfortunately, you're not gonna get mutually assured destruction, which would be the sensible thing here in a show designed for like a target demographic of like ten year olds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Obsessively for ten year olds. Definitely not at this point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes. So um, downstairs, uh, Bellows says that he's impressed by Luce combining the glyphs, and he says that that took him years to figure out, and reiterates that it kind of seemed like the Titan didn't want him to have that power. But eventually, he catches her with his freaky goo arm powers, and this is just kind of a note I had. At the end of season one, he very much has a, like, a meat thing going on, and that's been gone for a while now. Like, he's just all about goo. I don't know... Well, the, the 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 meat arm thing was a spell that he had because we saw a loose replicate it early in uh, them's the break again. Yeah, but so like, like that, that, yeah, that was his, his whole aesthetic back then. He was the steampunk meat man, remember? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's been the steampunk goop man for all of season two now. Yeah, so. like I, I get I get that like maybe something changed because it's like obviously like they wanted to go in this direction, so maybe they like dialed back on that, and also like it could just also be. Because his, like, curse is getting worse, as we saw with, like, his arm being all jacked up last episode. It could just be that he's like, it's just easier to just use my goop arm rather than use this magic that <laughs> I don't like anymore anyway. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he, so he catches her, and he's able to hold her with one hand, because goop arms are OP. And he offers to send her back to the human world. He can just open the door, and she can come with him. He, he basically begs her to go, saying that, he doesn't want to see another human life destroyed by the Boiling Isles, but she just calls him a hypocrite. And also, um, this is a very small note, but earlier he magicked away the green stripe on his face, just sort of leaving a little nose scar. Mm-hmm. But as he fights, the more it goes on, the more the scar expands. It, like, yeah. Now, eventually it does turn back into the full green stripe across his face, but that's not the immediate case. It just grows slowly. So I kind of feel like this is maybe something he has to focus on to maintain his appearance. Yeah, it's basically just another, like, glamour, basically. Like, a different version of, like, illusion magic or whatever. Yeah. Which presumably, I mean, well, I guess he would be able to do it still, because, like, I mean, as Lou says, he's barely even human, so he's, like, more of, like, a, like, magic monstrosity at this point. So presumably he would still be able to do this kind of stuff in the human realm, because he literally just is the kind of mentos magic at this point. Barely human. Yeah, maybe. So, I mean, he wouldn't need the time as a source of magic because he basically is just chowed down in way too many palismen to the point where he that just is in him now. <laughs> That's just who he is. But um, yeah, so the uh, the full scar comes back when she tells him that he's not really human anymore. So symbolizing his monstrosity, essentially. And he talks about how the the creatures of the boiling isles have warped her mind and her sense of reality, and maybe it's kinder to just kill her. So he starts to petrify her. I don't know how he's doing this, because he is not using a glyph or his synthetic magic staff. He just kind of waves his hand and it happens, which is much scarier, in my opinion. Yeah, it could be that it's something he learned from the Collector, basically. Yeah. 
But um, she she starts by begging him to stop. She freaks out big time, but then she gets her wits back and starts talking about how he doesn't really know anything about modern Earth. And uh, Philip reveals that he wants to be called the Witch Hunter, Witch Hunter General when he gets back. And she points out that that's not really a thing anymore, and his fashion is super out of date. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, I just love her little, like, in that outfit. Yikes, my dude. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, I, I, I feel like it would have been pretty funny for her to just be like, yeah, you, like, want to be, like, referred to as, like, the Witch Hunter General on Earth, and meanwhile, most people on Earth would be fucking stoked to learn magic exists. <laughs> they would definitely not be with you here. Yeah. <laughs> well, even then, I feel like Witch Hunter General seems like a really low rank. He, he would think he would want to be at least, like, chief president witch hunter whatever you know i I think it's like oh god i'm trying to remember the terminology now but i think like blank general is like actually like kind of a higher rank in like old like colonial america times it's like i think it was like kind of more like it's like one of those like stupid like kind of titles that people would give to themselves or get given to themselves to make themselves like look more important and everything but still have some amount of like authority and stuff i guess i don't know (laughs) Like, in British stupid terminology, general is like a, was like a, I should say, uh, 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 amplifier. So uh, a major general is a better major, if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I, and that might be what, that might be more along the lines of what I'm thinking of, yeah. So yeah, I just feel like it, it's still a low rank IMO. <laughs> but either way, um... She wants to make a deal here. She will go back to the human realm with him and be her guide if he spares her friends. She tries to appeal to his better nature as she petrifies to death, and he eventually relents, freeing her from the rock with a wave of his hand, at which point she asks him to shake on it. Human style. Apparently this is a thing they did in the 1700s, because he does. Yeah, I I also thought of this, too, of like, wait, like, hang on, let me see. Uh, I mean... So we know that Philip definitely was in the in the demon realm in like the 1660s. So like I wanted to see like 1600s handshake. Was this a thing? <laughs> the history of the handshake. Uh, da, 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 da. I mean the blurb on Google uh, results here just says the ritual gesture has existed since ancient times, but its use as an everyday greeting is a more recent phenomenon. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, in the 1600s, the Quakers introduced the handshake as an expression of equality at their meetings. So, I, I guess it might have also been a thing back then that he would at least be familiar with, I suppose. I guess. But, yeah, when they shake, uh, she grabs his arm with her other hands, and he rears back with an Emperor's Coven sigil branded on him, because she had grabbed the branding glove and turned it invisible with a glyph. Yeah, she, she did it, like... move she did it, Like, she did... Yeah, she did... Like, she... Like, fucking baller move on Lucy's part that she, like, made it, like, had it, had it hidden behind her back, but only made it invisible after she had finished talking, because, like, when he, like, arches an eyebrow at her while she has a hand behind her back, she just, like, shows it and be, and just does, like, a little, like, mm-hmm, with her mouth still closed, because she's holding her breath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, like, very covertly, it's like, yeah, it's like, this is the second time a 14-year-old has outsmarted this 350-year-old-ass man. <laughs> There's, a. Uh... I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's a cartoon from France, uh, Miraculous Ladybug, and... Oh, I have heard the Miraculous Ladybug a lot in terms of how much it just keeps queerbaiting people, yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. There's, like, actively gay couples in that show, but... Oh, okay. 
My point is uh, Ladybug, the, the primary superhero, her power is that she can, once per use of her powers, gain a, a special item. It's the one thing she needs in a certain situation, but she has to figure out how to use it. And there's always a sequence where everything goes black and white, and she's looking around, and then the things she needs to make her plan work light up in red. And that is very much the feel I get from when Luce gets thrown and she starts seeing things and figures out the glove plan. Like it's not literally yeah, it's like, that, it's like, but it's very it's like, spiritually it's, that. It's straight up the like it's straight up the like uh, first person shooter thing where anything you can pick up in the environment is, like occasionally like it's highlighted mm-hmm. like, a, yeah. like a little simmer kind of deal of like oh there's something you can pick up kind of deal. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, straight up the fact that the camera does like zoom in on it, it's like okay, obviously she's going for that thing. <laughs> can, can I also just like take a little like short little side here i just want to run this through real quick when bellows at some point probably actually like i mean it's either like that he made the door or his brother had made the door right and he had it at one point i think or mm-hmm. maybe his brother had it at one point but like hit it after bellows was like let's kill all the witches and stuff i think that's accurate yes but before that happened why wouldn't he just be like hey i'm gonna dip back to the human world real quick Went back and came with reinforcements for guns through the door and everything to try to like do this instead of waiting 350 fucking years to do a genocide. Oh, guns were like at the... nowhere near reliable enough in the 1600s. I mean, I mean, no, yeah, but like, I mean, I feel like that's still like option A, and when that fails, then be like, okay, I guess the 350 years plan to do a genocide is plan B now. But it's like presumably he didn't actually try that because we never get any report about like a bunch of witches just like fucking throwing fireballs at a bunch of colonists with shitty muskets and stuff yeah i just like so with a a revolutionary era musket and this is a good hundred years after (laughs) philip was around yeah (laughs) with a revolutionary era musket a good marksman can reload it in two minutes yeah so they they are they were not good (laughs) exactly so my point here is that is absolutely not an option because if the other team can make fireballs every two seconds (laughs) yeah true (laughs) but if philip just had enough people with enough muskets even if they were shitty muskets they just need to make sure that everybody can get one shot and one kill right Magic definitely can't stop a bullet. It most likely totally could. <laughs> That's too bad he didn't try that plan. It would have been nice to wipe out the colonists. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, the hum- humanity would have gone a lot different if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, back outside, the uh, eclipse reaches its zenith, and everyone starts dying pretty much immediately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Terra asks Rain what's happening, asking, isn't Bellows giving us paradise? And they yeah, shake the, their head at, no, and I just... At this point, she still has to ask when it's like, you were, you were feeling like, uh, from your fucking sigil, you were feeling yourself die, lady. Not just that, but like, ask. you have mistrusted Rain this entire time, and now is when you're going to ask their opinion? Yep. Also, just want to point out, uh, when the when people try to like rush out of the arena and the abomatons uh, make just like the force field around the exits, mm-hmm. they don't make it like a full bubble around the entire arena. So why don't people just use like their palisman or magic in general to fly out? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess a lot of people don't have palisman because like presumably like you know just a lot of people don't seem like they had them in general. But also the people that probably would have them let Bellows eat them at some point because he was like, you gotta hand them over to be mm-hmm. in the coven and everything. But it's like, I would think people in general still in the Boiling Alice can like 
I mean, we know like people like Hunter can teleport with magic. It's like some, somebody's got to figure out how to be able to just like fly without a talisman. I would think. That would make sense. I don't know. We've not really seen anybody do that, but I feel like it would be pretty easy for Plant Track to like make a glider or something. Yeah, or even just like yeah, like use like if you have like plant or construction magic, just use it to lift yourself up out of the arena yeah. and get out. <laughs> not that it makes that much of a difference, but um, yeah. So uh, blah 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 blah. Back inside, uh, Luce says that now Philip is going to die from the draining spell also, and he can only survive if he stops it. But he sort of twists and deforms, and he becomes what I'm going to refer to as the palace monster that we saw in Hollow Mind, though without the little faces trying yeah. to burst out of him. Yeah, it's a straight up that, but without those little, like, animals in him, yeah. Yeah. And uh, after our commercial break, we see blurred scenes of Alador and the teen squad fighting Abomatons, and Alador is just wrecking them. He can take these out, like, no problem. But he's but he, also but he fighting also has... one-handed as his sigil is starting to burn. <laughs> But he also has the remote. Why didn't he just use that to disable them? <laughs> he doesn't have the remote. The kids do. <laughs> no, he no he gets the remote to Amity when like she tries to get him to come with them. Well, that doesn't he make has any it sense because she already has it during the earlier fight. No, no, he had it during the fight. Like he got it back. He he used it on the boat. Like when they were flying, he used it from a distance to disable the other uh, bombatons that were shooting at them. He absolutely did not. Amity had it. That's why she had to get close to the other boat. <laughs> Hang on, I'm 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 gonna bring up the episode again and check that. Let's be sure. <laughs> That's fair, but yeah, Amity had the thing already. So if he gives it to her, then something's going wrong here. <laughs> um. Yeah, so while you're looking that up, basically Darius is just trashing Abomatons and insisting that the kids have to keep going. And he... Oh, no, yeah, no, you were totally right. Yeah, Amity had it. <laughs> yeah, she flew over on Ghost and she had it, yeah. But still, like, she has it, though. She can use it to disable these things. <laughs> the point still stands. They had the remote in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, he, he sends them off and... She begs him to go with, but he just stays to buy them time, I guess. And... Fighting one-handed, even as his sigil is killing him, it is frankly impressive. Alador is yep. apparently the toughest witch in the Boiling Isles. <laughs> uh, yeah, contrary to Ida's uh, claims, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the next scene, uh, we're back at the top of the platform, where the, we hear the kids saying that they can't wake Darius, and... They've got Ida, and they can't wake her either, and then they just kind of leave her there. <laughs> yeah, I, again, why did they not take Ida with them, just to be sure? They have four uh, talisman staves between them. They could easily figure out a way to transport Ida between, like, even if it was like they had to, like, put her between multiple staves or whatever. Mm -hmm. But also, like, I feel like Hunter himself would be able to at least, like, prop her up on, like, on uh, Flapjack or something just to get her going because i mean he is the eldest and largest out of them <laughs> but it's like yeah then they just fucking leave you there it's like obviously we need to leave you there so rain can do their thing <laughs> later on but it's like why would you not take either with you just in case <laughs> uh, yeah um the scenes we've been seeing are through king's eyes and uh he wakes up properly as the kids are flying through the head to try and find loose uh, this is where we see that there's a pretty significant crack in his skull. It seems like he suffered a head wound when the ship crashed. Yeah. And that's probably why his vision is all blurry. I think he's concussed, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, he, they did just also literally crash, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, he doesn't need a concussion to be like, oh yeah, we just fucking crashed and I lost consciousness a bit because of the crash in general. Yeah, but with the head wound also, I feel like, you know, and the fact that he's sort of fading in and out of consciousness. Yeah, there's that. But, uh, yeah, so uh, back at the Sanctum, Luce is begging the palace monster to stop the spell, saying it's not too late to fix things, but it seems pretty feral, just lashing out, not really even caring about the door. So she leads yeah, it away like, out of the Sanctum. Yeah, like, I mean, at this point, like, Bellows really can't even bother to use magic because, like, he's just, like, so hell-bent on just trying to take Luce out with him, basically, because he's like, yep, no, I'm fucked, I can't do anything about this. <laughs> Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, why would you not also just try to make a beeline for the door, Bellows? <laughs> it's like, I get that you're really fucking livid at loose, but it's like, if you go to the human realm, presumably your, like, sigil wouldn't keep going. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know what's going on here, if I'm honest. Because this, the palace monster, it seems like a monster, you know? It seems very feral and mm-hmm. weird, except then it starts talking... <laughs> Yeah, so it's like, hard I mean, for Bel- me to Bel- say. Bel- yeah, Bellos is still able to like temporarily like just talk like in his normal self, and like as we'll see in a, like a little bit, he can also revert his face to be his normal ass face. <laughs> yeah, so like he um he's about to get loose, but uh, Willow grabs him with a bunch of vines. They found each other. He's too strong though, and starts ripping the very supports from the room apart. Um. <laughs> Gus sets uh, King down in a hidey hole a little away from the fight to keep him safe, and King does stay, but he does protest, saying he can help, and uh, we get a little bit of the fight from down below, but in the hidey hole, we find that Kikimura is there. She literally found a hole to go with her away in. (laughs) Yep, she literally was just at her wit's end of, like, I've done everything I could for this fucking fascist, and this is how I'm treated. I guess I'll just follow orders one last time, I guess. (laughs) Rather than also try to fight him or something. She, she could have shown up as soon as the kids were fighting to be like, yeah, fuck it, let's fucking go with this guy. I've got a fucking mon- like monster goop mech. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if she's in shape to fight, though, because she's also dying. I, I mean, yeah, like, she also doesn't have like the big use of one of her arms. I mean, like, it's also like Hunter himself isn't able to actually really do much of the fight helping with Bellows. He's really only able to, like, kind of just briefly teleport around a little bit because yeah. of his one arm. But he's also affected way less than Bellows, and I feel like that's because, like, he's way more human than Bellows, because Bellows has just been chewing down on Palisman for 350 years, basically, (laughs) whereas, like, Hunter doesn't have, like, natural magic and has to rely on stabs. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, he he seems like he's doing way better than his, uh, air quotes, uncle is. (laughs) I do wonder if he was actually able to, like, fight at full strength if, like, the fight would have gone differently. Because, like, they, they're still doing a pretty good job dealing with, like, monster bellows, even with just, the, like, essentially the four of them. Yeah. With Hunter there just as, like, a supporting role. Yeah, I mean, realistically, if this remained a fight, I think the kids win. Bellows is strong, but especially in this moment when he's being drained by the sigil i don't think he can win this fight. yeah like 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 even if they can't like straight up beat him they just have to basically just keep going and delaying him until eventually the the draining spell would just kill him basically yeah <laughs> like they would win by default if they could just last long enough but also as we see when the fight is done they are all beat the fuck up as well <laughs> yeah but okay um I don't know. Maybe I just have too much faith in the kids, but I feel like they could take him if they were. I mean, together. the kids have the kids have gotten very fucking strong, especially just over the last like half season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, like especially with Gus. It's like I'm glad I'm so happy that Gus actually literally got to like find a way to like just fuck over people too. <laughs> <laughs> By just using anxiety magic. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. The point I'm trying to make is that Luz can't win by herself, but these kids are individually powerful enough. I think they could beat Bellows even without having to run out the clock. Yeah. Um, Possibly. Yes. So, uh, as, as I mentioned, Bellows is super weird, bouncing back and forth between being a thinking, talking thing and just a monster, so I'm not sure how much the monster thing is just an act and how much. But... Yeah, uh, Kikimura tells King that this whole fight is pointless because Bellows can't stop the whole thing anyway. <laughs> and uh, she says that only the Collector can stop things now, and explains that they are a child from beyond the stars, and that she has known about them for quite a while because she keeps overhearing Bellows talk to them. Um, Again, Bellows is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, King sees this as an opportunity to help and asks to be taken to the Collector. And for once in her entire life, Kikimura actually does a good thing and agrees to help him. <laughs> well, she agree she doesn't so much agree to really help him, she agrees to just fuck over the Emperor. <laughs> I mean, she straight up says, well, if this will help, uh, help kick Bellas's butt, sure. <laughs> Whatever, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> she's not doing it because it's the right thing to do, she's doing it because she just is, like, completely fed up with Bellas at this point. <laughs> yeah, there is a, uh, another moment in this upstairs fight. As much as Bellas is being weird and uncontrolled, he does just turn his head into his human head again to throw Hunter off by asking in a pitiful, pathetic voice why Hunter is hurting him, only to see that Hunter has Flapjack and scream the name Caleb and go berserk again. <laughs> and it's still weird that the subtitles are still not fixed. Because, <laughs> like, Dana herself is like, the subtitles are wrong, he does not say kill him. Such it's such a weird oversight where it's like it's such a big thing that it confirmed that fan theory for so long, or I guess not for so long, for like two months or so, <laughs> that his brother's name was Caleb. Yeah. Which is exactly why uh, Flapjack told Hunter to use the name Caleb. <laughs> but um, yeah, I uh, I truly don't know. Uh, I, it's I, it's weird. I, I I think it's also worth mentioning since he did skip it over. Gus also does use his like anxiety magic stuff on Dallas as well to try to like like disable him for a bit and he does see those flashes of like the various like paintings of him attacking and killing his brother and like he tries to attack Gus but Hunter gets him out of the way with his like little like flash step magic and based on Gus's look on his face he definitely also saw all that shit that Bellows had just seen <laughs> flash in his mind he definitely knows all the shit about Bellows like killing his brother and making clones based on him I think <laughs> Well, speaking of clones, King and Kikimura are down in the Golden Guard graveyard. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is something I have in my notes here, too. People did the math and counted at least 31 dead Golden Guards here. Yeah. There, there are a lot. Which I, people actually also did the math there of, like, over the course of, like, roughly 350 years, the average, I think they said, for, like, each lifespan would have been around, like, 14 years or so. So Hunter is actually above the curve in terms of how long they last. <laughs> that depends entirely on how old a Golden Guard is when they're created. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, cause, like, considering that we saw that one that had, like, the different collar, which could have been a different Golden Guard, mm -hmm. just, like, a little bit after the uh, attack on the town that they tried to blame on Wild Witches, like... 
it could just be that they just pop up existing as is yeah and like he just like tries to like tell them like oh yeah you you just went through a traumatic event because our family's dead and stuff so you forgot stuff here let me explain <laughs> but um yeah somehow kikimura is able to navigate this graveyard perfectly and just takes him right to the round boy despite like it being thrown off into the darkness of a pit you know mm-hmm. but uh either way the collector is pouting because bellows betrayed them and uh then they realize that someone is there, but for some reason they can't see King. Uh, he notices that the symbol on his collar is glowing and takes it off, which makes him appear in the Collector's vision. It seems like this was probably a protective sigil of some sort. Yeah. Also, I've got to say, King without his collar on looks so weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have this in my notes have... as well. He's it's yeah. like he never wears clothes, but he just seems so naked. Yeah, like I mean, again, like ever since King was introduced, he's always had the collar. It's like the only thing that changed was that like he got his uh, horn back and like he sketched the uh, the sigil onto the uh, the collar and everything. But it's like he's always had that on, and with that, with him not having it on anymore, it just looks so strange. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so the uh, Collector realizes instantly that King is the child of the Titan that imprisoned them, saying that they've wanted to play with him, but his mean old dad hit him. Uh, This doesn't super explain why the Collector didn't know where King was before he etched the symbol into his collar, but eh, I guess they're not everywhere. Um, Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, the sigil is also, like, on the temple that King's egg was kept in, which... Also, like, I guess, like, that egg just takes, like, a thousand years to incubate, which I guess makes sense considering how big Titans grow yeah. and everything, but, so it's like, yeah, like... I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. I just mean, it's not like the sigil was all over the place at the Owl House, huh? No. But also, I mean, like, based on the fact that, like, I guess every time that King got a glimpse of, like, the Collector, like, he had the his collar on, so yeah. the Collector wouldn't know that he, he's there anyway. But, like, I mean, also, like, I mean, the Collector seems to be limited in terms of, like, what they can see, which seems like it's just mostly limited to, like, around the area of the Round Boy. Uh, so I don't think fair. that they could just... Ch- yeah, they, they we don't really get a glimpse of, like, them being able to, like, just see whatever else is going on. Seems like it's always just been centered around the Skull of the Titan. That's I like fair, how we I keep guess. also just calling it the Round Boy, because we actually don't have an official name that's for That's the name for thing. it. They call it that in the show. That's the official word. <laughs> that, that, that's what Philip was like, thinking about calling it for the purpose of his journal. That's not actually what the... If the thing has a proper name of what it is, this weird disc, it has... Like, it's not the Round Boy. <laughs> just nobody exists anymore to know what it's called, because the person that would know is the fucking continent they live on. <laughs> uh. Okay, um, King begs Mr. Collector to stop the draining spell, but the Collector is just entirely upset about being called Mr., which is very relatable. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Big same, Collector. <laughs> you get you get the honorary weirdo card, but you're not going to be let it think about I don't know. I don't think they get the weirdo card. <laughs> I, I mean, if they don't get the weirdo card, they're definitely going to be annoyed and, like, do some shit. So we have to get them the card at least to keep them occupied. <laughs> and then it just so happens, like, oh, darn, I guess you didn't get that text about the meeting. Oh, weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So King offers to play a game with them, a game called The Owl House. But wouldn't you know it, they'd need tons and tons and tons of players. A whole island's worth, even. It's just too bad everybody's going to die from the draining spells, since that means there won't be anyone to play. Uh, King has clearly 
been taking manipulation lessons in the past few apps because this is yeah, not yeah. his style at all and he's pulling it <laughs> no, off perfectly it's like, it's like hey like yeah like really real good job feels bad because like we know that bellas has been like pulling a fast one over on the collector for like 300 something years but <laughs> it's like at the same time king king is more like seeding the idea of stopping the day unity in the in the collector's mind rather than like suggesting it as like yeah do this and i'll let you out it's more just like oh well i can get i can do that if you let me out and it's like really you would do that <laughs> it's like yeah like s tier manipulation on king's part but at the same time it's it feels like it's definitely a different flavor of it compared to bellows just being a lying piece of shit for so long because like has bellows ever said like any bit of truth to anybody <laughs> in all this time on the boiling hells because i think the answer is no i am willing to believe him when he says he prefers to be called philip oh i mean yeah because he thinks because he thinks that he's like the savior of humanity when meanwhile he's like barely a human anymore and more his goop monster more than anything yeah but my point here is this just isn't how king has operated historically and i'm proud of him for learning and growing yeah, yeah. learn to be a terrible person it's important um <laughs> it's an important survival tactic yes so uh, they are pretty suspicious about this whole thing, but King does offer to let them out first before they stop the draining spell and even offers a pinky swear. And uh, pinky's linked. The round boy shatters. It breaks in half as King pulls the collector back into reality. R.I.P. round boy. Up top, yep. uh, Ida is being devoured by the curse as it corrupts the magic that the draining spell is directing through her. It kind of seems like it's just not been doing anything for a while, and now all of a sudden it's getting bad, but whatever. Um, I mean, yeah, it seems like she was, like, just, like, her arm was, like, a little bit bubbly when the kids were there, but it definitely seems like it's more like, all right, time to actually do something here and kill this lady kind of deal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Rain is still moving, um, establishing that they're at the very least the number two toughest witch in the Boiling Isles after Alador. And mm -hmm. is able to crawl over to her and pull her arm off, removing the sigil and thereby freeing her from the draining spell and the effect the curse is having before they collapse. Um, oh boy, hey, remember when everybody thought that Anne Bunto is going to be the one that lost an arm? <laughs> it turns out, no. Well, somebody's going to lose an arm, but not until the sister so comes <laughs> around. <laughs> what Grime did. Um... Yeah, so uh, uh, back downstairs, Belos is about to kill some kids with his very pointy bones when the Collector arrives in physical form now. They're... like, they're a child, clearly. Yeah, they are a child in a fucking onesie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with uh, one of those, like... Their, their head is kind of, kind of like a mixture of, like, a, like, floppy, like, black mage hat and also, like, one of those, like, winter hats that have, like, the ear flaps, in a sense. Mm, yeah, Ushanka. <laughs> it, looks, it, looks it looks very comfy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, um... It's weird and ominous, and Bellos doesn't stop being all monstery, but his voice does immediately go back to being Philip, and he just talks about how he fulfilled his deal and the Collector's free as promised, and, uh, they murder him. Like instantly, as as, as much as as much as Bellas can be murdered, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like also gotta say the music that plays like the collector's theme is so fucking weird. <laughs> well, that's only fair, but yeah, yeah they so, um it's, it's they so reduce fitting, Bellows to liquid and they do it with one <laughs> finger. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah, because like you, you saw the uh, the initial plan that they wanted to do, which is that the splatter would just get all over uh, the kids, but they would all dodge it except for Hunter, <laughs> who would just immediately start crying. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, <laughs> have you not already fucked over these kids enough as is that you wanted to have like Hunter get splatter with the person that he like looked up to as late as like just a week ago? <laughs> oh boy. As we get reaction shots, the teen squad are very upset by this, but the collector is thrilled. He thinks it's just a fun game. Also, also gets gotta say, Willow, Gus, and Hunter just got all of those new clothes, and they're already all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, n- n- another new outfit change for season three, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the collector does turn around and start moving in on the teens, but King shows up to remind them about playing Owl House and all the people that they need for that, and Luce picks this up pretty much immediately and starts talking about how much she loves that game, which leads the other teens to follow suit, except for Hunter, who can only squeak. You <laughs> can, can only squeak while also having tears in his eyes. <laughs> it's it's also very funny that like I've seen people equate like what the kids are saying about the game The Owl House to what fans like us say about The Owl House. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, the memories last a lifetime. I play it every day. Every day I play it every hour. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> very much reads a lot of like what we talk about just in general of like just being like, God, this show is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> and also and also fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a big deal. I mean, it's not like he just saw his dad slash uncle slash brother slash most powerful person in the world get annihilated or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- totally not, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the, uh, the collector hesitates just a little bit, but then just kind of by pointing at it, moves the moon out of the way, ending the eclipse and thus the spell. And, yeah, uh, they, they... They really just moved that file into the recycle bin. <laughs> I've seen people equate it to that a lot, where it's like, yeah, it just straight up looks like they just use like a fucking like computer mouse to just move a file <laughs> a little bit, which is how easily they just move the moon. Mm-hmm. Which the kids do not react nearly enough crazed about. I feel because <laughs> like I feel like they would definitely be like, what the fuck, this weird child in a fucking pajama onesie just moved the moon from here. <laughs> They do also, like, when they're looking out there, the collector does this weird thing where they, like, hold their eyes open, and I'm not sure if that's supposed to indicate binocular vision or what. But... I mean, I mean, they do zoom in a little bit during it, so, like, I feel like it is actually they're straight up doing that to, like, be like, all right, enhance, or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah, so, you know. Um, the collector then starts ripping apart the skull, just turning it into raw material, saying that if they're going to play the Owl House, then they'll need one of those. Uh, Willow spots... This kid, is, this kid is just playing fucking Calvin Ball. They don't know what the fucking rules of Owl House are, but they're just like, oh, well, we obviously need an Owl House for this game, right? <laughs> <laughs> and what better way to make an Owl House than out of the bones of my captor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who, as we have established, is also the deceased father of the person that let me out. <laughs> Which kind of has to fuck up King a little bit of him just being like, Oh, my dad probably died in, tra- in like trapping this very powerful cosmic being. And now I not ever need to let his murderer go or watch everybody else I know die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Kids Joe. Normal Kids stuff. Joe. Normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
Yeah, so uh, Willow spots the door and realizes there's a way out, so she gets the teen squad running for it, but Luce is reluctant. She doesn't want to leave everyone, and uh, Amity just sort of grabs her and begs her to come, so they, they start heading that way, and as they're running, a dollop of Bellow's goo just falls onto Hunter's shoulder, which probably doesn't mean anything. I'm sure that's fine. I mean, it, it's. I feel like it's one of three things. It's either he's like his goop is gonna try to possess one, and then probably Hunter. He's gonna try to eat their talisman to try to reform himself. Or the the funniest option, there's just gonna be like a tiny install of Bellows running around the human world and <laughs> trying to like get these kids to fix them or something. I can't believe we spent all these months being afraid of that one theory, and we never even considered Bellows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, well, fuck! You just said it, so obviously it's not gonna happen. Cause as we have established multiple times, Dana Terrace is tapping into our mics to hear what we say. Uh, well, I'm sure it's. Fine. I mean, I just specified that I just specified that Goop Bellows was gonna possess one of them, probably Hunter. I didn't say Bellows, but now it's out there because we both said it now. <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I like that. I thought it would no. be okay, because that's how they portmanteaued the Collector into Luce, but, uh... No, it sounds too much like a ship name, so we're just gonna say that that's not a thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> also, like, I feel like, uh, just in general, like, Kaluzdor would also be like, oh, it's just the Collector possessing Luce, but they're both essentially, like, kind of equivalents of kids, whereas Bellus is a creepy 350-year-old man, and also a racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um... The, uh, the skull is crumbling, of course, because the Collector is disassembling it, and because of that, the foundations of the door are beginning to shake apart, and most of the kids are able to get through, but when Amity looks back, Luce has anchored herself with dozens of plant glyphs. She's holding the door in place to get the others through. She's doing the full-on heroic sacrifice move. And I do want to note here, uh, last episode we talked about how when she used glyphs, they generated spell circles. They aren't doing that anymore. I don't know why. Yeah, it could just be, like, a bit of an oversight, or it might just be, like, she's too distracted with what she's doing that she isn't, like, focusing on accidentally using her palisman, I guess? Yeah. Who knows? Who can say? But, again, something we'll have to wait uh, at least, like, half a year or so, I think, to be able to see <laughs> once the special's there. Also, just gotta ask, when she was doing this, did you actually think that they were going to split them up and basically, like, essentially dummy out Willow, Gus, Hunter, and Amity for the, the specials? Not really, no. I, 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 I kind of thought that they were going to end up with them stuck on Earth while Luce and King would go back for Ida, and maybe that would be like the first episode, or maybe like both two of the specials before the others would come back. But I, I was like, I was kind of being like, oh no, they're just definitely doing this to like basically get rid of some of these characters for a bit, unfortunately. So I'm glad they didn't go that route. <laughs> yeah, no, that wasn't my... Because, like, in order to get back, they need somebody who knows about the doors. And right now, that's loose. So she yeah. had to be on the other side. Yeah, she, she is the one who knows the most, even if she's like, I still can't make one without Titan Blood. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But, um... Yeah, so uh, she's got herself tied down, and she says that she has to go back and find Ida and... She'll figure out another way to the human world, but the Collector spots them and sort of pulls King off of her shoulders with telekinesis, and she's just desperately repeating that they have to stick together over and over as she tries to hold him back, but uh, he tells her that he's happy to have had her as a big sister, and uh, uses his breath weapon to push her through the door as the portal collapses. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
we all wanted the human realm date for Lucy and Amity and for Amity to be throw the like the f sense of human rain, but we didn't want it like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, also, King, when you realized you were a fucking Titan, why did you not have Hootie draw some of your blood just to give some to Ida and lose just on the off chance that shit went bad during this? <laughs> uh, just think of every fucking precaution, my guy. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, we didn't talk about it just now, but, like, when Luz anchored herself, I knew that King was going to stay in the Boiling Isles, even if Luz didn't. Yeah, yeah, there was, like, no chance that, like, King was not going to say. Exactly. Because, like, I mean, I, I feel like it would be, like, a little bit too weird if King had come with them to the human realm, because also that would immediately, like, resolve their issue of, like, okay, we can obviously get back because we just need to, like, take some of King's blood and pour it in a pool of water and then we can get back in. Well, no, not that at all. It's, um, he's the only one right now who knows that that sigil keeps you invisible to the Collector. So he has to stay that, yeah. in the Boiling Isles to tell everyone else so that there can be a resistance. Yeah, there's also that. Yeah, it's just like economy of information. If he he's, leaves, he's also he's, Yeah, he, he's also the only one that has ostensibly at least some amount of like control over the Collector because like they are ostensibly air quotes buddies. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so the kids uh, fall out the door of the old shack that we've seen a few times now into the human rain. And though Luz desperately opens and closes the door of that shack a few times, it doesn't change. It's just the insides. We cut to Camilla uh, and V cooking something while reading the newspaper when there's a knock on the door, which swings open to reveal Luz and her friends. And we close the episode with Luz saying, Hey mom, I'm back. Kind of. Because the credits are the door of the old shack standing open and watching the rain until at the very end a blob of green bellows goo hops up and slams the door shut. The end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at least it's like probably not still piggybacking off of Hunter if it's in the shack. Hopefully. But yeah. yes, also I, this I, newspaper establishes that Amphibia is canon to the L House uh, reality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so weird that it's just, yeah, it's Anne Boontoy, but it, she's drawn in the Amphibia style, which does not look at all anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, it's just so weird seeing her, them not, like, draw her in, like, the Owl House art style. Yeah. Obviously, for the sake of, like, realizing that it is Anne Boontoy, even though the article does say Girl Lost in Frog World hoax <laughs> everything. So it's pretty obvious, I think, that. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that is the end of season two of yeah. The Owl House. You really do forget that these kids are just, like, 12 to 16 years old a lot of the time, huh? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I remember this constantly. I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess, but it's like, it's like... I guess I'm, again, mostly equating this, unfortunately, to the Bad Wizard Boy series, where it's like, yeah, they always just talk like they're fucking adults, even when they're, like, 11 and everything. <laughs> but in this, it's like, yeah, like, I do like that, like, you know, most of them can just, like, stare in disbelief at the fact that they're stuck in the human realm, but Gus is just, like, so devastated, because he's just like, I am 12, I always wanted to go to the human realm, but now I've had to flee here because my home might be destroyed and my dad might be dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's like, yeah, and like, again, like, as I said earlier, like, Amity, for all she knows, is like, her dad and her siblings might be gone, like, Willow's dads might be gone, like, what, what the fuck was going on with, like, everybody else from, like, the school, like, where was Bump in all this? Why was he not trying to help at all? He might be gone, too, for all we know, too. Very possible. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, this fucking show. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, uh, well, you've talked a lot, so you want me to get into trivia? There's uh, only a little bit for this because there's not a whole lot. Not yeah. Many since they haven't, they haven't been able to hide a lot of, like, little goofs and everything with these. We can do that, sure. Uh, yeah, just funny little parallel. They basically just straight up did the two colors on thing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like a friend sacrificing themselves to ensure that the protagonist and some of other friends can escape to Earth without any way back while things in the other world deteriorate. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's pretty funny that both season two of Owl House and Amphibia basically did the same thing. <laughs> well, there was, um, I believe this episode credited Matt Braley as the uh, animation editor, so he was involved at the very least. Oh, really? No, I didn't notice that. <coughs> that would make sense. But yeah, uh, you know, just little things here. Uh, the way that, like, Luz just kind of, like, stares off into space when she, like, keeps trying to open and close the door and everything kind of does mirror her reaction at the end of Agony of Witch, where all she could do is just, like, collapse her knees and just, like, look off into the distance at nothing. <laughs> Kind of deal. Hey, remember when Lou said this mom is ready for trauma, like way back in really small problems? No, she wasn't. And were we. <laughs> uh, and also, again, something that you probably saw because everybody was talking about it that are Avalos fans. Funnily enough, it actually rained here in Connecticut at the exact same time that this episode there. <laughs> Delightful. Very, very funny. Yeah. D Dana Terrace not only has the power to tap into our mics and rewrite the show on the fly, but she also can command the forces of nature to mirror the events of the show. The Titan was crying. I'd order a favor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think we've actually like covered at all the season two hidden message here. I just have it written down here just for the sake of us just saying it because it's just fun and also to discuss. Uh, the full message there was seeding seeds and puppet strings, he no longer dreams of kings, as above rush darkened skies, as below his father lies. And I feel like there's like two real like uh, interpretations of this, where like one, I feel like it's like referring to kings since he doesn't want to be a tyrant feared by everybody anymore. He's unwittingly been an instrument in the collector's plans all along, even if he got to go along with it to stop Bellas and the draining spell. That seems and, pretty and clear, his, given the and, below yeah, his father his, lies line. Yeah, his, yeah, his dad is straight up dead and everything. But I also think it could also double his illusion to Hunter, because like he also was a puppet to Bellas' plans, became disenfranchised with him, so like he doesn't dream of kings anymore. And Bellas is essentially his father, who has lied to him for over 30 lifetimes. Yeah, so, you know, father yeah. slash brother slash uncle slash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All that mess. Yeah. Uh, just also one little funny thing here. Uh, as I saw uh, somebody mentioned in one of our uh, subreddits of the Discord or whatever, or subreddits of the Discord, uh, Tiny Nose mentioned a conspiracy theory about them all being playthings to a higher being way back in season one, episode one. And yeah, it was like meant as a joke because it was like them being cartoon characters at Dana's behest, but it also did end up being true in the long run now, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that's all the trivia I have. Yes. Not a whole lot, honestly, but again, they can't really have a lot of time for goofs and stuff, and obviously, I feel like at this point we're not going to get... Well, I say this now, I'm immediately going to be proven wrong once the special's there, but I don't think they're going to introduce new characters in the specials, but who knows. Well, I've been wrong before. Well, we got to have an anti-collector, so... <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we're going to get any more, like, star people or anything like that. <laughs> It'd be a little bit strange to introduce another one. Because, like, I mean, the collector, we at least, like, 
got teased of back in season 2A, even if it took like until like early in season 2B to actually like officially get their name dropped in the show. I see where you're coming from with that, but I don't know. I, I, like, obviously specials are going to be specials, but to me, if you are going to have any chance of defeating this thing that you have established is effectively a god, you need to know what it is and where it came from. Yeah. Or you need to befriend it with the power of friendship and understanding. <laughs> that is not going to like, happen. I, I, I don't. Well, I don't think that they would. I, I feel like King would not feel good about trying to like figure out a way to re-imprison it, or them, I guess. Because like, I mean, I, I feel like he would feel bad about that if he did have to also like betray them. But at the same time, it's like, well, his daddy did it once before, and <laughs> what else are you gonna do, bud? <laughs> yeah, like. Don't get me wrong, I understand that Disney Channel shows have an alarming tendency to forgive people who should not be forgiven and add them to the yeah. Heroes team. That will mm -hmm. not happen with the Collector. They are either going to be killed or re-imprisoned, full stop. <laughs> Maybe. I at least like that they didn't try to do that with Bellows. Like, I, I, I liked that they actually like examined that with uh, Andreas and actually did like redeem him. Spoilers for Amphibia, I guess. But like... I mean, he's, he's really, I guess he's not redeemed so much as he's like, yeah, I, I don't want to do this anymore. But, like, he doesn't die, ostensibly. He might, like, later on after the show is done because he seems like he's, like, his mechanical body's deteriorating and all. But it's like, with Bellows, they were like, nah, this guy's just a fucker. Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing to do with that fucker. Okay, uh, we have a few questions if you want to get into that. Yeah, let's go for it. Alright, uh, yep. Yeah. Our usual friend, uh, Aurora, sent in some questions, at Casey Cosmos on Twitter. Uh, would Ida and the cave lady Pokemon professor hang out? Uh, we have no <laughs> way of knowing that, but I think Ida would think she was a nerd. Hmm. Maybe, but at the same time, she does kind of dress a little bit like, uh, like a cave person, and she does also have fangs like Ida. I, I feel like Ida could at least find like some camaraderie of her, even if she would think she's a dork at first. <laughs> Uh, that's fair. Uh, Alright, uh, we've kind of already talked a little bit about this just in general of, over the course of this episode, but uh, we're also asked, what the fuck will happen in the three specials? <laughs> that's a really tough question, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, I, I kind of feel like... I think that first special will not be the kids getting back... Maybe at the very end they'll get back to the demon realm, but I feel like they'll spend most of it in the human realm trying to figure out what to do. I'm inclined to, to agree. Back. And, yeah. you know, this is just wild speculating, but I feel like there's not going to be very much in the Boiling Isles in the first one. I think they're going to yeah, stick it, with the human world on that. I, I, I feel like that would be a very neat approach to it, where they're like, we literally don't know what's going on, and neither does the audience until like the end shot, where they get back and they just see like the entire Boiling Isles is just completely fucked and kind of gone, in a sense. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because, like, I mean, it, it definitely is like, we have barely spent like any amount of time in the human realm in this entire show. We, we spent, like, the first, what, three minutes of the first episode there, and then, like we spent like all like most of all of uh yesterday's lie there but that's it <laughs> like i mean i i could see them like try to like raid the the museum curator's like stash of wizard of like ma uh, magic stuff to see if he has any titan blood or something like that there just to see if there's something they could use that would make sense yeah yeah i mean like they they roll up with like well uh th 
three and a half witches, uh, whatever Hunter Count says, we're not really sure at this point, <laughs> but like, show up with at least like three witches that still can use magic and everything and be like, we could still tell, like, uh, hand you into the authorities if you try to like tell us to leave or anything, fucker, we're taking this shit, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> or even just like show up and just have me grab it with like abomination goop and just be like, all right, later. <laughs> Nobody's gonna believe you anyway. But yeah, we, we definitely do need that bit of like, the kids trying to like blend in maybe with like illusion magic to like see stuff because like i feel like even if like loose isn't as up to it i feel like the others would definitely want to like try to like distract her by taking her around because they're like we honestly don't know what to do here <laughs> let's at least have like a day to relax a bit yeah, and also because we 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 need the fucking human realm date <laughs> we need that make that be the distraction for loose and amity <laughs> so this <clears throat> I feel like, and this is just me extrapolating a little bit, I think uh, when we get back to the Boiling Isles, uh, I think Ida's in hiding. I think she's not leading a rebellion or anything. I think she's just off in a cave somewhere doing her best to keep her head down. Yeah, I mean, because, like, Ida, like, if she doesn't know where King is, she, like, probably won't have any idea whatever happened to Luce and the others. So, like, she will probably just be, like, somewhere, like, just hiding out depressed and everything just being like everybody that i knew like my my whole little like adoptive family is fucking gone what's the point of continuing on kind of deal exactly yeah because the thing is like we've already seen her be pretty defeatist before they met up with the cats and yeah, when they had literally no plan and now that she doesn't know what happened to loose and if king can't get away from the collector to give her the uh invisibility yeah. sigil i think she's just gonna go start a farm or something <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, like, literally, like, King is the only person that knows what happened to these four kids. Like, none of their parents or other family members know what happened to them that day. And if King is stuck with the Collector and can't go and, like, talk to anybody, like, none of them will ever know for how long they're in the human realm for. Now, that said, uh, you asked where Bellos and the Hexide kids were. I feel like if there is going to be any kind of organized resistance uh, against you, the Collector, you, you mean, it's them. You mean, you mean Bump? Bump, yes. <laughs> No, Bellows. Be- Bellows is mostly splattered across the wall. Uh, a little bit of him that might still be any bit sentient is uh, with the kids in the shack. I don't know what you're talking about. He's at school. <laughs> Be- Bellows just gets reverted to be like a child. And like it- it's straight up the uh, the film Alakas Brotherhood curse of like, oh, no, now you get to be reborn as a, chi- as, a ki- as a kid and live through it all again and do better this time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I... I-, I- I don't think Be- Bellos is definitely not fully dead. Like, I don't know what form he will still take with that goop, because it's like... He, I mean, we, we... I guess we don't know if, like, how he, if he could, like, reconstitute fully from that, but, like, I feel like there's at least some part of him that's gonna still be roaming about trying to fuck things up, because, I mean, the kids did basically thwart his entire plan. Yeah, they sure did do that, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> really did. <laughs> The thing is, though, uh, there's like at max four, five talismans on Earth now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, somebody's got to eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've seen people bring this up of like why did they not have their talisman at the end? But it's like we have seen people like either just like have their talisman like basically in a pocket dimension and can just like pop them out when need be. Like you did it with her with Albert. 
during uh, when she fought Lilith back in season one, episode five. Mm-hmm. It's like because like Albert wasn't anywhere near her. She just like basically just summoned him to her. So it's like yeah, they they basically straight up work like the the find familiar spell in D and D fifth edition. We can just make you go away for a second, the pocket mention, then pull it back out when needed. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, we definitely know that. Yeah, like there's no way Luce doesn't have her Iggy boy, <laughs> and like Hunter definitely has to have Flapjack. It's like presumably Ghost Clover, and for some reason we still don't know the name of the uh, the chameleon. Still. It's sneakier that way. <laughs> yeah, but like presumably all five of them are in, there in the human realm too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I am assuming yeah. that, yes. Yeah, but of course, if that is the case, it's like, yes, of course, Bellas would definitely come after them, try to eat them, <laughs> try to regain some form or whatever. <laughs> uh, which is bad. <laughs> Fuck you, Bellas. See, he has, to do, he has to try to do that, and they figure out that he's there, and it's like, he's trying to go after the egg, because the egg is, like, the only one that can't, like, be hidden, really, aside from just, like, from view. <laughs> but it's at that point that the egg definitely hatches to fight it off, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you see, what hatches out of the I'm... egg is a, uh, a portal door, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, Luce did say it could be what she, uh, whatever they wanted, so... <laughs> unless it just decides... To, unless it hatches and it's just a smaller egg inside. Yeah. And that's just... And it's just an egg on a stick. <laughs> oh, they would do that like, to well, us. <laughs> they would. Especially because, like, I mean, they teased it, and then they were like, Nah, you get to see it as an egg. You get to wait some longer amount of time if you might get to see it hatch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, just just like going into that episode, we honestly don't really know what the fuck is gonna happen to be able to try to guess, right? I, I feel like we can build out a framework, but it's there's too much, you know. Yeah, I, I, again, like like we said, like it, it feels like it's right that like they really wouldn't be like we wouldn't see the boiling out as much if at all for the first special, and they would get back like maybe at the very end, <laughs> and then the last two is them. Regrouping, like regrouping people and being like, all right, how the fuck do we deal with the Star Child? Yeah, yeah. It, it would feel like it's like too soon if they get back to the boiling owls like midway through the episode or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, you still, have... yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's it's so much. It's so much. This fucking show. <laughs> and well, we still have uh, we still have two more questions from Aurora. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, she also asks, uh, who would you like to instantly goopify? And I feel like there's, like, too many options because it's, like, basically just, like, throw a dartboard at, like, most of the people in the Republican Party and it's, like, yes, blast them to bits. There is a list I, of I get, names I, and we cannot there, say them. Yep. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like one is pretty obvious because he's the fucker that's, like, really been in charge of them a lot. Like... <laughs> Not, not, not the former president. I'm alluding to because, like, the former president is just a fucking stupid figurehead, and nobody gives a shit about him anyway. Really, mm-hmm. talking about, talking about the actual guy that's been fucking things up for a long time with, in, with them in power and everything. There's a long, long list, and as I say, mm-hmm. we aren't allowed to name any of them because that would yep. cause us too many problems. <laughs> yeah, and the off chance that any of those, like, any of their fucking fanatics would ever listen to this show about queer witches by two queer people. I'm not worried about the fanatics, I'm worried about the FBI. Fair. <laughs> yep, this is why uh, when my friends and I play D&D, we use Mumble because Mumble does not have any amount of uh, record made <laughs> of calls and stuff. 
Yay. I mean, okay, right. <laughs> I understand that, but we are also making a, a show to be put out for distribution. Yeah, yeah also that, yes. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's, uh, let's move on to the other question then. <laughs> Not get the FBI breaking on our doors. Uh, or also ask, if you, had if you had to play any game at the Collector, what would you play? I feel like it has to be like one of those like stupid like endless runner sorts of games on mobile that there wouldn't be no end to it because as soon as the collector gets bored they're gonna fucking murder somebody maybe because out of boredom. I don't know. So I, I feel like it. I, I mean, yeah, I feel like it has to, it has to be like some game like that or like one of those like shitty gotcha games that is just like all right, just do keep doing the same loop to maybe get the right pull of the character just to keep them occupied for so long. Now, see, a gotcha is not a good choice. Actually, neither of those are really a good choice because both times you have energy requirements per day. Oh, true, yeah. Fair. But, uh... Yeah, mobile games. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what? I'm actually kind of thinking something like an incredibly complex RPG. Something, like, not Fatal because that's too adult, but something on the level mm -hmm. of Fatal, you know? Just something with so many rules and regulations. You you want to keep them as locked down as you possibly can for as long as you yeah. can. Let's see. Uh, let's ask Google what is the most complicated game. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, according to Google, Magic Gathering. <laughs> okay, but see, I don't think Magic is a good call because it's too much randomness, you know? I mean, they're just going to stack yeah. their deck and win immediately. Yeah. But, like, the reason I'm thinking... Fatal keeps coming to mind for me specifically because the character creation in that game alone can last literally hours <laughs> because you have to rule for yeah, just... every single aspect about your character, down to and including just... genitalia. <laughs> Oh, cool. <laughs> Why don't we just sit the collector in front of a PC and just load up Final Fantasy fourteen? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Just just keep doing these duties and help people with raids. You'll, you'll be helping people, and they'll be happy. <laughs> also, you'll, you'll maybe get, like, a good loot drop after doing this, like, a hundred times. <laughs> Look at this. You can, you can dress up your character like a Gryas Oaks from Final Fantasy Tactics with, like, a, like... 0.2% drop chance on each of the pieces of the gear, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't remember the odds because I never played that game. I just remember reading that in the webcomic. <laughs> but you can get that <laughs> suit set. Because <laughs> also, I mean, why would you not? Because the Grise Oaks is like the best character in Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> I'll have to take your word for it. She, she's a cool night lady who has like Paladin powers kind of deal. Like she has like holy like sword magic and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I think, I think, yeah, I, I kind of just keep coming back to, like, those kinds of games that it's just, like, there technically is no end because it's just how much time you want to put into it because, like, the Collector has plenty of time. I mean, they are essentially an immortal god being that has been around for something at least a thousand years if we're going based on, like, a loose estimate of, like, how long the Boiling Owls has probably existed for, so. That's, I mean. Yeah. I, I God, that, don't know that, how being that also in, would, in between affects your aging, but yeah. But that also would mean that like the uh, the owl beast has been around for like a thousand years, where it spent most of the time stuck in the scroll form, because like the collector would have had to do that before they got imprisoned in the in between. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. So the the owl beast scroll just like kind of floated about for like a thousand years until somebody finally found it, roughly. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I think. I, Mm. Yeah, go ahead. 
Oh, I was just gonna say, I think that's like one thing we can probably also like talk about with what would probably happen in the show. I I do not just like how Ida also thinks it didn't wouldn't happen. I don't think she gets healed of the curse. No, definitely she, not. She, yeah, she's straight up said that that's around this day, and it's like, yeah, I don't think that there would ever be a way that they would get rid of that. I I do wonder if we would potentially see Harpy Lilith, but at the same time, I don't think so. <laughs> Lilith unfortunately has kind of been like a like C tier character in terms of like importance ever since after season one unfortunately like she didn't really get a whole lot to do in the entirety of season two which admittedly was because she was like gone for most, most of, it, of season, yeah. most of the first half anyway after the first four episodes and even then when she did appear she was like only like what three episodes or so roughly yeah ish yeah but, uh, yeah, uh, that's our questions. So in the future, if you have questions, you can send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Um, I think, and this is just me, I think we should skip the crimes count today because... Uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's maybe a little bit too many to list. <laughs> there are simultaneously too many and not enough crimes is the thing. <laughs> Because yep. as many crimes as she does, most of them are not, like, actually legally crimes, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it really a crime to fight against a fascist dictator that wants to wipe out all of life in an entire realm of existence? I mean, I legally, would say no. yes. <laughs> Le- but also, like... Yeah, le- legally, yes, but morally, no. <laughs> um, I mean, giving a tattoo to someone against their will is absolutely illegal, but also, like... <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's the closest thing I can think of to a, a actual defined crime that we have. All the rest of it is just general sedition. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, Luz no Seda, I, I, I feel world. like King. I feel like King did a more severe crime by releasing uh, ageless God being onto the world. Really? No, you say that, a... but I'm pretty sure it's not illegal. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that the Boiling House does not have laws about releasing god beings, yeah, because there hasn't been one yet, but, like, I mean, he did it for at least good reasons of making sure everybody else didn't die, but everybody else might die anyway because of the god being. It's possible, but my point is, if it's not illegal, it's not a crime. <laughs> Like King just holding up like the the big fucking the rules book from Fairly Odd Parents, being like, "Well, Bellows, unfortunately, I'm looking through your laws here that you wrote over the last fifty years, and I don't see anything illegal about releasing the god being. Cause apparently, you didn't want anybody to know about them. So this seems totally only up and up to me." Yeah. It's just King reading off the entire book to just the goop pile that is Bellows. <laughs> is is slash was Bellows. Ugh. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I mean, if we're gonna skip that, and like, as I said, like, uh, on Twitter, we're pretty much retiring the, uh, the artist bit, because honestly, I started to run out, and also, we're not gonna continue it for the other shows we're doing, because none of us really know many for the other shows we're gonna do. But I do have one more little thing here that is a reprisal of what we did back in the pilot. Oh, yeah? <laughs> because I'm going to, uh, bring back up my little self-roasting corner here, to update of how much money more I have spent on Owl House bullshit <laughs> since <laughs> way back in the su- early December when we recorded that. <laughs> uh, based on my recollection, we were at $420, which I think actually was a little bit incorrect. I think I remembered that there was like one other thing that was like 10 bucks that I forgot about, but whatever, we'll just say 420 because it was funny. I think that's correct, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, so since then, I have spent uh, 270 more dollars to Kyogen's for the two Amni sweaters that I got for myself and uh, one for my roommate for her like belated birthday. Uh, my current little profile pic of uh, like essentially like future me with the lavender hair mm-hmm. kind of deal. Uh, the little Lumini pin of the two of them holding hands, and also the version 2 of the plushies that arrived literally 24 hours basically before the finale era. Hey. <laughs> so timing, yay, the, the Sapphics came home just in time for them to uh, go to Earth. <laughs> <laughs> Very timing. Uh, I spent 20 more dollars for the Mystery Shack to get the little TV Amity plushie that they made, which I think is still sold out unfortunately. Probably. Uh, uh, tw- I spent twenty-five more dollars to an artist whose name I didn't write write down, but I do have their little card here that came with the shirt. Uh, let me open up. Yeah, hearing me open up this cabinet, maybe <laughs> get this card. Uh, their handle on Twitter is Sunatixd. S-U-N-A-T-I-X-D. They have a little like adorable card here with like a little happy king holding a bunch of plushies, <laughs> and it's a it's a nice uh, satellite shirt of Luz and Amity with like Luz holding the Owlbird staff and Amity summoning an abomination. Yeah. So all that put together, I have now officially spent at least seven hundred and thirty-five dollars on Owlbird's bullshit. Wow. <laughs> None of it official because it's all fan stuff because Disney does not actually give a shit about this show, <laughs> despite the fact that they obviously have also gone ahead and. Shield the show a lot because the Pride Month being like, we're gonna do a marathon of all the Lumity episodes, except the episode where they became girlfriends. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why, <laughs> Disney. <laughs> well, um, I can actually participate in this segment this time around because since we started the show, I have spent money on this show. <laughs> um, I have spent a grand total of $75 on L House merchandise, all from the Mystery Shack. However, uh, because I live in Canada now, it's actually more like $120 because shipping from the States oh, is a nightmare. Right. <laughs> yep. So, uh. Shipping it, shipping it also conversion fees, probably, right? No, no conversion fees at all. It's just a pain to get anything shipped internationally. Oh, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, um,. Most of it's pretty simple stuff, but uh, most notably the Hexes Hold'em card game, which I like, but was moderately disappointed to find I need to buy another one of, but they're sold out, so yeah, I have to... Yeah, when, when, when you mentioned that, that's that feels real bad. Because like, like nowhere on the listing did they say that to play this two-player, you need two copies, right? Yeah, like, there there is a way to play in the uh, deck with with just the one deck, right? But um, it absolutely does not say in the listing. I'm reading the listing right now. At no point does it mention that you need two decks to play the full game. Yeah, that that feels real bad. That's a big oversight on their part, I feel. Yeah, so it's a, it's a bummer, but it is what it is. And I guess I'll be spending another $20 to ship another deck <laughs> once it restocks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's... Um, well, that's all my stuff. Was it, wait, was that the only thing? And then you had to oh, well, that was the most notable thing. Uh, the other stuff was like uh, the Bad Girl Coven shirt, um, the uh, uh, the Quitter badge, the Spell Glyph coasters. Um, still waiting for the Amity necklace to get here, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, but it's like, that's still not an insignificant amount of stuff, because again, that is like, like you said, 75 USD equivalent stuff. Yeah. That's still a decent chunk. You're, you're getting there. You're, you're like a tenth of the weight of what I fucking spent. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in the, uh, whatever amount of time we do this show, covering other stuff, you know, maybe, maybe that'll, maybe it'll catch up. Especially because I'm like now in the process of being like, I need to fucking stop because I want to PO the, uh, for like, gender affirming surgeries so yeah. should stop spending money on frivolous stuff <laughs> i'm gonna be real Which, of course i won't catch up <laughs> <laughs> not with that attitude you know i'm just very which of, particular which of about course the merchandise i buy is all fair and also i mean the fact that like couchens was like putting out the king plus he also does not help my plan <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm kind of on the fence about that because it's like, oh, I like I like King. It, it, it took us like most of season one to like King, but we like King. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cute little boy. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know little how boy. to describe it exactly, but there's a very specific sweet spot merch has to hit for me to be interested in mm -hmm. buying it. Yeah. So that's a big part of the reason why I didn't have stuff at the beginning of this show. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, because like you said, like it was stuff like yeah, you wanted like neat stuff like the like the exit them cards and stuff like that. Exactly, or like for instance, the uh, the mystery shack has had a listing for uh, Albert replica since I've been aware of this website, oh, yeah, no, and that's, it's that's, been sold out yeah, the that, entire time. Yeah, that's been sold out for like fuck, like almost like at least half a year, I think, by this point. Yeah, if they were to I remember, replenish it, like, I, I got... probably would buy it, but they haven't. Yeah. So. Cause... Because, like, I, I've seen that be sold out, like, back when I ordered, like, my Portal Key replica in, like, November or whatever yeah. of last year. And it's like, yeah, that still hasn't shown up. Yeah, like I say, it's been sold out as long as I've been aware of this site. But my point yeah. here is that's, like, a neat thing. You know, it's tangible. It's clear what it's from. On the other hand, the otter pajamas I absolutely would not buy because it's otter pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So. I mean, yeah, I, I've not gotten that because it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a little bit much for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, like, hey, hey, at least at least there are people out there that are willing to make up for the vast gulf in there being no official merchandise for this show we like. Yeah. Because Disney doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, well, at least there are people out there that are just as fucking stupid about this show as we are, so they will make up the slack. <laughs> uh, yeah uh this show <laughs> yes this is a show <laughs> that's, and, uh, and uh it's not gonna be the show we're talking about for a while here <laughs> that's true yeah because we are caught up now so since we have to wait until the uh the next season comes out <laughs> season in our quotes because of Disney fuck muppetry. Uh, yeah, we're going to be moving on to another very, very gay show. Um, starting next episode, we are going to be talking about She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, which is extremely rainbows and gay. Um, it does aim a little younger than this series, I think, but uh, don't worry, yeah. there are plenty of traumatized children. There's still plenty of that to go around. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's like I I already watched the first two, so like I already have like the notes and stuff just for that ready to go when we record that one because we're gonna do it on Saturday this week because scheduling and everything right. later on in June. But like 
I mean, even watching that, it's like, yeah, this definitely, like, has a like, way more lighter tone than, like, stuff like Animal House, but it's like, they still definitely do have parts of being like, oh yeah, of course people have been fucking lying to us this whole time. It was so fucking obvious. What are you, <laughs> I did not figure it out so far yet. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I love this show very much to the degree that in one of the Discord servers I was in, they created a She-Ra channel specifically because I kept posting about it. So, uh, <laughs> that we table, isn't that basically how we this have is, it? Uh, kind of new for you, right? Uh, I, I watched season one of She-Ra, yeah, but then I, I didn't continue it, so, and it's, god, that, that first season released in, like, what, 2018, I think? I right? think so, yes. Yeah, it's, it's been a while, so it's like, yeah, like, I, I remembered, like, parts based on what I was watching, because it's like, oh, yeah, like, obviously, like, the first two episodes are just about, like, meeting the group and, like, getting the sword and everything. Yeah, we like, gotta establish stuff, everything. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, a lot of it is like, oh yeah, like I, I, I kind of do remember like majority of like what happens in season one and everything. But it's like, yeah, like going, obviously I know like bits and pieces. Like I know about like characters like Double Trouble, and I know like the the gay shit that happens at the very end. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, hmm. a lot of it is just like, yeah, I kind of don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. Uh yeah, so uh, that's uh, that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, next episode, we'll be covering the first two episodes of She-Ra, and uh, and we're just we're just gonna continue with it. We're not going to like do what we did with Owl House, where we're gonna try to end an episode on the like episode that is the end of the season to do like <laughs> yeah, like we're not gonna basically make it be that oh like this next episode has to be season two episode one because a lot of episodes the other seasons in she-ra end on odd numbered episodes and they some of them also are only like six or nine episodes long <laughs> because their show season length is kind of strange at times yeah well, that'll happen but you know we gotta do what we gotta do <laughs> yep and what we gotta I, do just... is use princess as a slang term for everyone who's gay because that's how this show works <laughs> i i mean yeah <laughs> but like from what i also have seen just in those first two like there's really not like a whole lot of like trivia in them right because like it doesn't seem like it's the kind of show that has a bunch of like goofy like background stuff and references as much right not so much no there's um yeah like like my trivia section is literally just all voice actors basically <laughs> Because that, that oh god, they introduced a no. lot of characters, and yeah, they introduced a lot of characters in the first two. <laughs> but yeah, so that's I think what's more likely to happen for your trivia section long term is talking about how it relates to the original She-Ra show rather than. Yeah, like it may, maybe yeah, you, maybe you can chime in with stuff like that because honestly, I don't really know anything about the original She-Ra. <laughs> that's very fair, but uh, yep, I think we're pretty much at the close here so uh i think there's not much left to do but to start plugging yeah <laughs> yeah i was about to say i thought you were leading into the ending there and i was like we haven't said it on twitter no no the not yet <laughs> no you're not getting rid of me so that far. easily <laughs> um yeah so you can find me on twitter at patch underscore jacket um i haven't been on twitter this much very much this week but I've made a couple tweets about comic books. Comic books can be fun sometimes. <laughs> I talk yeah. about the Joker and how he used to be a weird locked room mystery guy instead of just bad clown. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can follow me at Chloe's Chaos, where I mostly just still like 
have been retweeting a lot of like Pride Month stuff and also the continuing horrors of the world because shit's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I feel like in the uh, recently it's gonna end up being like a lot of like Pokemon stuff because like everybody loves the chunk. <laughs> <laughs> This little kind of nondescript pig, but people love him anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it, it, I feel like it's also still gonna be like, yeah, like uh, on my Twitter itself. I'm also gonna be like, still like liking and retweeting Owl House fan art as they wait to cope. <laughs> yeah. Because we have a while to go. <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, hmm. Yeah, we got a long wait ahead of us, and. There's not really much else we can do, but to remember, us weirdos have to stick together. together. Bye. Bye. We didn't make it the longest one. Confirmed. Ah, I lose the bet.